Alright guys, well welcome to part two, round two, whatever you want to call it, of our discussion with, uh, once again, we have Star Power Fitness, that's obviously not his real name, this is his YouTube channel name, um, that he's decided to um, just to call himself that during the uh, duration of our conversation. Um, he's also asked to keep his video off, um, and so... So yeah, for those of you just joining, we are um, we're talking with Star Power Fitness, who is a current member of the World Mission Society Church of God. Um, and if you missed the last conversation, uh, you know after after this one, you might you might go back and listen to part one because there's there's a lot of stuff we covered in that that I'm sure some of that we might be building on in this one. Um, but the last conversation was really focused on. On Song Hong, and uh, a lot of issues around that, including Passover, things like that. This conversation, we're going to focus on the doctrine of Mother God, and so that's kind of going to be the focus of tonight's discussion slash debate, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, um, and then also again, if you, if you didn't watch the last conversation, if you're new to the channel, um, that I think one of the neatest things about what's going on right now is that we have both this, uh, we have Star Power, a current member of the World Mission Society Church of God. And then we also have Kelsey, who is a former member, a 10 year former member of the Church of God. And so um, it's kind of a neat uh, having both of those perspectives here to to have a dialogue about these things um also if you're new to the channel if this is one of your first videos i know some of you will be watching this after the live stream um make sure to subscribe if, if you enjoy this sort of content um i'm i am kind of have a goal to try to get the channel up to 4,000 subscribers by the end of the year i don't know if i'll, I'll reach that goal but uh i'm working toward that so if you're um, here, if you're not subscribed, that'd be great if you subscribed and liked the video, do all that fun stuff that um, really helps out uh, get these videos out in front of more people. Uh, so, Star Power and Kelsey, welcome back, and uh, how are you guys feeling tonight? Good, I'm ready. Uh, thanks to Father Mother. May Father Mother accept all glory, honor, thanks, and praise from this time on now and forevermore. So it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. And uh, yeah, keep your guard up. Keep your fists up, you guys. Round two, part two, however you want to call it. All right. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this out of love and uh, have a respectful conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, I appreciate um, and hope everybody, even, and even the viewers, appreciate the fact that Star Power has come back. Um, not only has he done one conversation, but he came back for, for another one. And that's, um, I think admirable, really appreciate that. And, uh, so yeah, I, I just ask everybody to not, not look at star power as an enemy, uh, but, 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 um, you know, a friend and somebody who, who, um, deserves our, you know, respect. And so just make sure that everybody's being kind, even though I know this video, uh, the live video is probably going to be somewhat um, one-sided in terms of those viewing this, um, uh, but that's just all the more reason to show um, star power, love and kindness and respect and all that. So, um, okay, well, um, yeah, this is this is exciting. Um, I I don't know. I think after the way last 
the last conversation with, I, I'm I'm not as concerned with um, having um, you know this super planned out in terms of you know timing timing the conversation and all that. I think let's try again to to give each other. Um, we will try to give each other sort of even amounts of time to speak, and and I'll try to watch the time and um, both of our responses um, to make sure we are being fair in that way. So. Um, but star power, I think what we'll do is, is once again, I will just kind of give it over to you for the first, uh, you know, however many minutes, um, we'll, we'll keep, try to keep it under 10. I know last time you didn't take that much, so I don't expect you all this time either, but I'll just kind of let you give some opening remarks. I think, think about this as, you know, obviously this is about mother God. This, this is one of the key dis distinctions between the World Mission Society Church of God and basically any other uh, denomination or, or Christian um, church or anything like that out there. It, it's really the doctrine of Mother God that's one of the key distinctives of this group. And so, um, and you guys base um, eternal salvation on whether or not a person receives Mother God by faith and believes and, and um, you know, all that. And so, so me and Kelsey are here needing convinced. <laughs> um, and so I guess look at these first few minutes as your opportunity to, to say what you want to say, to, to do your best to defend that view um, and to let the viewers know why you think that that idea that there is a mother God, not only a father God, but a mother God, and she is one that we need to put faith in uh, for salvation, and, and you you believe that is from the Bible. So here's your time to prove to us that that is actually the case. So take it away. Sounds good. Appreciate it. So, you know, a couple of points that we spoke with last time regarding Heavenly Father uh, the Passover, Sabbath, right? You know, there weren't any gray area type points, um, but some of them could be an agree to disagree type ordeal. When it comes to Heavenly Mother, when it comes to God the Mother, there is no gray area. You must believe in Heavenly Mother, the New Jerusalem. It's a must. There's no gray areas. It's black or white. So, Let's find out today, not only find out, but let's be assured that it's Heavenly Mother we must come to. I know there's going to be, I was looking at the comments last time, um, you know, I looked at the last live video, I was like, oh, wow, like, uh, yeah, it's really one-sided, but, uh, you know, thanks for <laughs> with it, though. <laughs> it's, it's okay, it's okay, but I just asked everyone in the comments um, to go into this with an open mind because some of you may not have seen these scriptures before. Some of you may have, 10-year members, 10-year ex-members, uh, new members, right? Just go into it with the open heart and mind. That's all I'm asking. Okay, so regarding Heavenly Mother, right? So this is one of those topic, <laughs> excuse me, topics, again, that can go on until four in the morning. Like, where do I begin with God the Mother? Because she's God Almighty, she has to have been testified about throughout the whole Bible, throughout the whole 66 books. Uh, can you guys hear me well? Am, am yeah, I, we can hear oh, you. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Good. Great. Good deal. Good deal. 
So because she's God Almighty, she has to be in all the books, right? So, you know, before we start even with the Bible, let's start with the physical. So, guys, when we think about fish, birds, animals, humans, there's always a father and a mother that bear the uh, young. It's always like that. Now, I, I said I'm going to start with the physical, but this verse right here is kind of talking about the physical and the divine at the same time. So this is one of my favorite verses, Romans chapter 1, verse 20. So Romans chapter 1, verse 20, I'm going to read it here. Yeah, so Romans 1, verse 20, in the NLT, it says like this, you guys. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. The Bible says, when you look at everything God created in this world, the people, right? There's no excuse to not go, to not know God's invisible quality and divine nature. So when we look at everything God has made, it's always a male and a female. Even trees, <laughs> even trees have male, um, male characteristics and female characteristics. Like, for example, in a sermon, um, General Pastor had described how uh, there were these, uh, lots of these male trees by this institute, and they didn't have fruit on them. But when he came across these few female trees, they had a bunch of different fruit on them. So even trees have male and female characteristics. So just from looking around, I don't even need to uh, use this. Of course, I'm using the scripture, but even when we just look at the world, there has to be a heavenly mother. The last thing any one of us could say is that there's a heavenly mother. It's, it's just obvious. Paul says there's no excuse. What more is there, you know, even need to be said, right? But we will testify about her through the Bible. So just kind of keep that in mind, guys. Just go look outside. What's your dog? Is it a male or female? It's one of those, right? What's your cat? Is it a male or female? It's one of those. So that's why God says like this in Genesis 1 verse 26. So I kind of know this verse by heart, but I'll still read it. So the Bible says, as you guys know this verse, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God said, let us make human beings in our image. So, I, I, I mean, rhetorical question. Have you guys ever been alone and you said, oh, let us? Of course not. <laughs> you said, oh, I'm going to get up. I'm going to... Uh, go to the store or I'm going to go take a walk. So whenever there is a us, there is a, um, a cohesive other party that's uh, in the in the party. So God here saying, let us, he's communicating with someone. God has to be communicating with someone. So what came out of this um the human beings being in God's image, what came out? 
when we look at verse 27, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So some of you may say, oh, uh, this is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, where's the female image at in the Trinity? Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, so, and some of you may say, oh, this the angels. Uh, it's the angels, right? Okay, well, we don't see any instances in the Bible where the angels created the heavens and earth. We see even in Isaiah, I don't know the verse by heart, but how um, it is God and God alone who created the heavens and earth. So just from a few verses here, thanks to Father Mother, uh, the Bible really makes it obvious that our Heavenly Mother, Almighty God, the New Jerusalem, exists. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Kelsey, I'm just going to go ahead and if, if you have some thoughts here at the beginning, um, yeah. go ahead and share those. I, I will start the timer. I think that was, I, I didn't time that one, but I think I it was think about was 10 minutes. minutes. So it no. probably wasn't even quite 10 minutes, but, um, um, but I will, Kelsey, let you kind of have some uh, thoughts to respond to that. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you say um, that, you know, God the Mother is testified in all 66 books of the Bible, right? Yep, yep. Can you show me where she's testified in the book of Phil? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Phil Philemon? Oh, Philemon. Philemon. Uh, Philemon, yes. Yeah, can you show me where she's testified in that book? Do you, do you want me to answer that right now? Or... Yes. Okay, let me flip to it. Yeah, okay, I'll ask you this though, Kelsey, uh, as I'm flipping there, does it have the word God in it? Does Philemon that's have not, But that's not my question. My question is about God the Mother. Right. Yeah. If it has God in it, then yeah, God the Father, God the Mother. Because your statement was that God the Mother's testified in all 66 books of the Bible. Yeah. So my question is, is where is she testified in the book of, in that book? Well, and I appreciate that question. So when we see good news, when we see may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace, just by seeing Father, this testifies there's Mother. It doesn't say that. Okay. Sure, it doesn't say it word for word, but we know in Matthew 13 that Jesus spoke in parables. He uttered things hidden as creation of the world. But I'm not asking about the book of Matthew. I'm asking about the book of... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, so it does not mention about God the Mother specifically. Yeah, it. You're right. Specifically, like okay. literally, it doesn't say Mother. I I get that. And a lot of the uh, verses and books in the Bible don't say Mother specifically, but we see God. We see God the Father. How can there be a father without a mother? Just like on how, Earth. How can there be a How can there be a father without a grandfather? I mean, see, that's when we kind of are stretching it a little bit. We don't see nothing about grandfather in the Bible, God the grandfather. That's that's we okay. Well, hold on, hold on. That's presumptive. That's presumptive. I've heard. No. You okay, so that that it's, it's I, I, I want to jump in there because that was my oh. my first point to respond. Well, go ahead, Kelsey. I don't, I'll real, let you real, finish. Real quick, because I'll 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 jump off that because I you know I I think you know. Okay. That is that. But um, so can you show me where in the book of Lamentations 
oh. oh yeah that one um it's actually really um hey mother make a grown man cry like for real like i shed tears one time when i read lamentations but even when we see like uh yeah i just read lamentations like a month ago but when we see how it says, right, it's talking about physical Jerusalem and their rebellion, but we see that a lot. But, and um, I don't want to specifically uh, point out a verse and say, oh, that's that's God the mother. But we have some certain clues. For example, in Lamentations verse four. Wait, what chapter? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> Lamentations chapter one, verse four. Mine says, the roads to Jerusalem are in mourning, for crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. The city gates are silent, her priests groan, her young women are crying, how bitter is her fate. So, of course, like this time out, we see a uh, shadow of physical Jerusalem. Uh, it's understood. I, I get it. Like, before, That's talking about Zion. Well, That's talking about Zion. So it's, it's talking about the her appointed feast. That's Zion. And even in NIV, it says Zion. So yeah. the her is referring to Zion. Well, in the NLT, uh, it uses Jerusalem and Zion interchangeably. But, and I don't want to jump too much, Kelsey, on this, but well, we can it is look only at the, in Zion. We can, we can take a look at the Hebrew, right? It, but you see if it says Jerusalem, uh, right? Uh, it's, what, it's verse not, in, what specific verse are you looking at right now? Lamentations 4. First Lamentation, or Lamentations chapter 1, verse 4. Chapter one, okay. But th this talking about physical, I get it. Like I get it, but it's only in Zion where you can find Jerusalem, heavenly mother. But this so doesn't I, say this doesn't say God the mother, right? Okay. So again, it does like word for word say that. Okay. But so what but about it, the it book is. of what about the book of Jude? Oh uh, Jude, yeah. So I mean <laughs> it does say God. This, this God the Jude. mother. That's my question. Okay, literally, no. But we come to understand when we look at Adam and Eve that they're one. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, right? Whenever the Bible mentions father. I'm saying Hong didn't teach that Eve represents God the mother. He taught that Eve represents the saints in the visitors from the angelic world. Okay, who did he testify about at the last Passover? What he what, he, what he, he didn't testify. He didn't testify about anybody at the last Passover. He thought he he mentioned that he was going to live. He was going to go to heaven alive with one hundred forty four thousand. He didn't know that was going to be his last Passover. Uh, Heavenly Father definitely testified about mother. That's how why did he do that? Said, that's why he even said in the fifties. Can you give an example? Yeah. yeah. How did he do yeah, that? Of course, of course, I love to. So. That's why you guys know this very well. When he has said, um, the one to come, you guys know what I'm talking about. But when Father said, uh, the one to come after me, she's a little child, what else could that be talking about? Do you do you have the context in which that's written? Um, I know it was in the it was in the um, preface. Of which book? Can't remember. But I remember actually I, I, I can tell thought. you I can tell you where it was written. Okay. It was written oh, in the right. preface of the Unsealing the Seven Thunders. Allegedly, 
Allegedly by the, the, the World Mission Society Church of God says that it was written in 1955, but it was not yes. actually published. Um, and that book, actually, because I know the WMS says that's referring to God the Mother, but they actually don't provide the context in which it's written. But there are, there's Unsung Hong's original church, the Witnesses of Jesus Church of God, that actually does provide the context. And okay. it is not referring to... Um, a, any kind of God the Mother, let alone right. John Gil Jai, it's referring to actually the church, just okay. which is in correlation with everything else on Sun Holmes written, which has basically been like the church represents the bride. The church, you know, when it mother or or something like that, always represents the the church. Okay, so all right, so let's kind of halt that. I know it's your time, but what else could that mean? If you wrote this said, in 1955, when Mother was a little child... We, we actually, we don't know. We don't know that it was written in 1955. That's what the church says. But the church has never provided proof that that was written in 1955. Furthermore, <coughs> they don't actually even allow members that book. Right. When you go to the World Mission Society Church of God, you cannot buy Unsealing You sure. Seven Thunders. <coughs> so... Sure. So you actually, so have you actually read the the context in which that one one sentence is written? Uh, I think I seen the preface. But have you read the whole? Have Which you read the whole preface? Can you tell me what else happened in that preface? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I seen it on something you guys provided, and I was like, "Oh, okay, great." That testified about her even more. I've never provided anything with that. Okay, maybe it's the examining site that it's not on the examining site either. Okay, well, whatever then, because the examining site is a lot of false accusations on there. Um, and there's, I'm there's no false one. accusations on the examining site. I'll pull up one, <laughs> Kelsey. We can pull up one, right please now. do, please, Kelsey. Please we do. can pull up one right now. Please, so, Daniel please. chapter two and seven on the examining site. Oh my, please, wow. please pull it up. Hey, let's let's yeah. that would that would be a fascinating uh direction to go uh, and may, maybe we can touch on that later but for the sake of not de deviating from address, the sure, mother yeah. god conversation let's let's not go there at this point um kelsey did you have did, I, I think so i i guess what i hear you saying kelsey is that kind of at at some point he mentioned that all 65 books of the Bible testify about mother, right? Did, did, and did you say that, or is that just more what you're you're hearing overall from what um, he's saying? Or did he say that more verbatim? He said that, uh, and he confirmed that all 66 books of the Bible testify about God the mother. So I was just checking okay. to some of the some of the books to confirm whether or not they specifically say about God the mother, which we, we could not find a verse. So that was my main point. Um Another point I wanted to make really quick before we go to, I know you got your, your um, portion, uh, Jordan, but the Unification Church actually taught about a, a heavenly mother before the World Mission Society Church of God did. Um, so Reverend uh, Moon Sung Myung, who's leader of the Unification Church, is another um, high demand group in Korea. Um, so he actually taught about that there's a there's a true father and a true mother and that we must or that people must believe in both in order to receive salvation. Didn't use the same verses of the World Mission Society Church of God, but taught that concept. So I just wanted to point that out too. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, however, the Bible says in Acts chapter five, uh, verse thirty-nine to forty, I believe, that if it's from God, it's gonna flourish. 
So um, I don't know where the unification church is now. Oh, they're flourishing. They got they got Trump and they got Pence. They got <laughs> they had speaking at their uh, speaking at their um, rallies. They they okay. get a lot of yeah they get a lot yeah. of politicians and um, Korean singers like um, yeah. So you think they're from God? Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just okay. saying they do they do flourish. They do increase in number. Um, their whole thing is about actually physically increasing in number creating families and, and multiplying. So they're, they're, they're growing in number two. Mm, but it's yeah, I would say, I don't, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I would, I would say it's pretty safe to say the Moonies are probably substantially larger than the WMSUG. I could be way off there. I don't know. I'm, that, I'm more just basing yeah, that on how long they've been the, around. Yeah. The world mission society. I mean, they haven't, they haven't really, their numbers can't be substantiated, and I think the same is with the Unification Church. So um, they claim a number, but I think the reality is probably much smaller for both yeah. organizations. But but I think I think that's definitely a good a valid point, though. Is that if you can't, I mean, if if a group's truthfulness or you know the veracity of whether a group is of God could be determined on whether that group thrived or was growing in number or in and influence in the world. <laughs> I mean, Mormonism, uh, Jehovah's Witness, Catholicism, Islam. I mean, Christianity. Um, can I? Can I? Yeah, go it? ahead. So I remember Steve said, and one of your guys' staff, the staff of Moses, um, assistance videos that it was toward the end, and it may have been one of the last two. I remember Steve uh -huh. said specifically. That he was very surprised, shocked, and um, baffled by how much the Church of God has grown, and how and how they we continue to um, elevate, and um, all the number of members who continue to come in decade after decade since beginning. I remember he said that, and he um, moved off. Yeah. Okay. No. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's that. Well, well, no, but that's uh. That's a bit of a distorting of what Steve said. He did he did comment on the growth of the church, but he commented in terms of saying he was concerned about how quickly the group is growing. Um, he definitely didn't use the other flowery <laughs> speech that that you just used, but yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't I don't know what that I don't know what that that really proves because literally you can go look at the numbers of the the um, the Mormon Church. Shinchanji has grown it. We yes, Shinchanji. Yeah, but so. are they from God? It says, but if it it says in verse thirty nine, if it is from God, you may find yourselves fighting against God, considering that it's flourishing. Right? It's your. It's yeah, your they think it. Yeah, it is. It is from God according to them. So I guess it's your word against theirs, right? They also say they're from God too. They would say the same thing. So, okay, so we, well, I know we could go round and round on that. Let's, let's go back. Maybe let's kind of take, I would like to maybe take your points that you kind of gave um, Star Power in your um, opening there and maybe take them somewhat one by one. I know Kelsey's already kind of commented on a few of them. And actually, before I do that, Kelsey, did you have any thing you wanted to, to finish up with or? No, I'm ready to move on to the, the, the portion that you're going to show. I think I know what you're going to show. So, 
Okay. That would be the well, that I wanted to explain. Okay. Uh, well, first, I, I did want to – I I'm going to have a hard time letting some of those things go and some of the things that you pointed out, Kelsey, um, because one of the major arguments you made, Star Power, was this idea that, you know, Romans 1, that we, we see in nature that there are both mothers and fathers. Therefore, that is undeniable proof uh, without any further need of explanation that there is obviously a mother god. Um, is that is that an accurate way of of saying what you kind of communicated, Star Power? Correct me if that's off. Um, that that was good. I, I just about that. I just want to emphasize that Paul said uh, men have no excuse. Uh huh. Yeah. And that is because of what we see in nature. We see that there are mothers and fathers, and that should lead us to understand that there is also a both a father and a mother god correct correct okay so as kelsey said before and, and i don't think we can let it go as easily as it was we also see grandfathers and grandmothers in nature you can't have fathers and mothers without grandfathers and grandmothers and so nature reveals to us that there aren't only parents, but there are grandparents, and therefore there must also be a grandfather and grandmother God. And, you know, we, we could take that to an endless uh, place yeah. of, of, you know, great-grandfather, great-grandmother. Um, we yeah. could talk about aunts and uncles. We could talk about all sorts of things. But just the idea that fathers and mothers in nature come from their own fathers and mothers. And so if nature is a um a uh telling us something about the re the reality and existence of mother god in the way you say it is then logically and the only i mean it's perfectly in line with that reasoning to say there's also must be a grandfather and grandmother god well when we look at genesis 5 we don't see anything concerning um and I'm pointing out Genesis 5 because it talks about the first genealogy, right? Adam and Eve. For example, verse 3, Adam became the father of a son who was just like him. It says nothing about grandfather or grandmother. Verse 6, Seth was the father of Enosh. It says nothing about grandfather or grandmother, sons and daughters. Verse 9, Enosh became the father of Kenan. It says nothing about grandfather or grandmother, great uncle, auntie, great grandmother none of that it says father it says sons and daughters so wait what yeah. are you're looking yeah. at you're looking at the um you're looking at genesis, genesis 5? 5 yeah i'm looking at all the descendants okay hold hold on now now you're going though your argument is based on what we see in nature not what we see in genesis 5 i'm just simply yeah. using your own argument you said in nature your argument was that in nature we see fathers and mothers so, so why are you going to Genesis 5 now? That has nothing to do with nature. Your argument was an argument from what we observe in nature. Right. But do we So now I feel like you're shifting it to what we observe in Genesis 5. That's a whole different argument. Well, everything ties, though, because the Bible says that Adam, you know, Seth, Enosh, it says nothing. Basically, this is what I'm saying. The terminology used in the scriptures 
will help us understand and know how to um, codify nature. So we never, for example, my dog just had a litter. She just birthed five puppies. We never talk about, when I'm talking to the buyers, we never talk about, oh, who was the, who was Stella's grandfather or grandmother? We say, okay, who is the dad? Who's the dad? Stella is the mom when they want to buy one of the puppies. We don't talk about that. I mean, we may go over the bloodline, oh, wink, wink, Passover, wink, may talk about the bloodline, but um, it's always about the father and mother. To This is one of those stretches. And whenever you guys say that about grandfather, grandmother, uncles, aunties, it's like, it's one of those where it's like, really? Like, uh, so that's why I went to Genesis. Why, why is that? Why is that like really star power though? I'm literally just using the same argumentation you are. Your argument is that we look in nature and we see mothers and fathers. It's obvious. Well, what what person do you know in nature around you that you've that's that you've ever known that doesn't have a grandfather or a grandmother? Name one person you know. Mm, I don't know them personally, but Adam and Eve. Well. Oh, the church doesn't. The church doesn't teach that Adam and Eve were the first two humans on this earth. No, I said grandpa. I said grandfather and grandmother. He, I think he said name uh, two person people that I don't know. have. Right, and I'm saying Adam and Eve. Oh no. yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Adam and Eve were the first people on earth. Yeah, I know. But then, how can they be without father and mother? I mean, start without a grandfather and grandmother. Because Adam was made with the dust of the ground and the breath of life, and Eve came from this rib. So are you saying Adam and Eve have no physical descendants? They do, of course. They, of but course then, they have the descendants. I'm talking about they having a grandfather. I'm sorry, not descendants. I mean the uh, ancestors. Uh -huh. Sorry. Adam and Eve had ancestors before them? Like before them, right? Like Adam having a grandfather? Am I saying Adam didn't have a grandfather? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he's made with the dust of the ground and the breath of life. Interesting. I never heard that when I was in the mem uh, member of the church. I mean, I, I've actually I've never heard it either. Oh, I mean, okay. Just, you know, I'm just. Do I sound crazy? Like I'm just. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm just pointing out. I never heard about that. I'm not criticizing. Oh, oh no worries. Just mentioning. I never heard of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. So I think I, I would say my my primary issue with with that argument and and let's try to move on from this because I know you, there's several other points that you made that we can discuss. But um, my problem with this argument, I mean, and there's many that because in nature we see fathers and mothers, therefore we are without excuse to not also believe and assume that there is a mother God. Um, ultimately, that's um, I don't I don't know how familiar you are with like. Uh, with philosoph philosophical fallacies or fallacious arguments, and there there's a number of different um, examples of, of, of fallacious forms of argumentation, and so one of those being a false analogy fallacy, which which I, I um, basically is when you you make an assumption about two things that are alike, and you sort of assume that because they're alike in one respect. You, they must also be alike in another. So, um, so to assume, okay, in nature we see that you know human beings have fathers and mothers. Therefore, that must also mean God exists as both father and mother. 
I mean, that that's a that's just a clear, perfect example, really, of a of a false analogy fallacy. I think if you put that before any um, philosopher or or somebody smarter than than me who who knows about those things, they would. Um, yeah, it, it just it wouldn't it wouldn't get far that that way of reasoning. You could you could come up with a lot of you know. I mean, yeah, I can't get past that. I just. I could just as easily you can, you can you can respond to it in the way you have, but I can just as easily make the argument that you know the argument I've been making that grandmothers and grandfathers exist in this world. We see them. We don't know of anybody who doesn't have them. That must also mean that God also has a grandmother and grandfather. Um, yeah, I just feel like I'm I'm standing on just as strong of ground to make that argument as you are to make the argument that that you've made, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely does, and you know that challenges my thinking and help me think about this from a different angle. However, though, um, the Bible helps us understand uh, situations like this, so we don't jump to conclusions. <clears throat> the Bible lays it out perfectly. We see that Adam is the first man who had knowledge of God. This is clear. Adam uh, knew God. Eve also had knowledge of God. First man. Thanks, first Andy. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy. Hey, go bring some of that to my next life. No. So, okay, so, <laughs> thanks, Paul. So, uh, yeah, Adam first man, Eve first woman. When we look at Romans uh -huh. 5, verse 14, so... Again, I'm the NLT, and like that dude in the comment said, hey, all versions matter, you know. So Jordan, last time, I think he was hating on my NLT a little bit, but hey, all versions matter. So this is what the NLT says. All versions matter, but all versions aren't on the same level of um, man. But if just liter one literal. version says something a certain way, to benefit a certain doctrine, that's where it becomes problematic. You know, like, like I mean, if my version says one word and it's, like, completely different, like, uh, Jeremiah, right, about the cross, right? Like a scarecrow in a melon patch. In, in, in IV, it says scarecrow in a melon patch. In, you know, the updated NIV, it says something completely different, right? Sure. But if I were to be like, oh, it says scarecrow, it's definitely the shape of a cross, like, that would be problematic, like that. But, but but go ahead and read read what you're saying. We might be just jumping too. We might have no problems with the way the NLT translates this. So, so yeah. what was the verse you were bringing up here? So it's Romans five verse fourteen. Okay. And it's funny because you know, you guys be like, oh, uh, Church of God members, do they read Romans? Do they read Galatians? Do they read? But I keep quoting Galatians and Romans. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Romans, that's true, yeah. <laughs> man, Romans five verse fourteen. It says, uh, "Well, it, it's extensive, but I'm going to read the part that um, I think coincides with, with our topic at this time." It says in Romans five fourteen. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. So the first man, Adam, is a representation of Christ. Christ was God the Father. Okay. So let's see. Now, Wait, can I read the NIV version? Sorry to cut you off. Can I read the sure. NIV version? Yeah, it says a pattern of the one to come. 
Yeah, well, I want to read the whole thing. Just It's just one verse. Just one okay. verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to. Okay, deal. I'll start doing that too. Yeah, I'll, I'll start in the whole verse too. I should have done that. But yeah, so we see here that Adam is a representation of Christ. Very simple. We, we can't argue this. It says it. Adam is a representation of Christ, God the Father. But let's see who represents the heavenly Jerusalem. Let's see about this. Galatians 4 verse 26. So, so in the NLT, guys, now this, this may really um, rattle some of you guys. But it says like this in the NLT, uh, in Galatians 4, verse 26. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother. We just saw Adam is a representation of Christ, who is God the Father. But now Sarah is a representation of the heavenly Jerusalem. Our mother. So me and Jordan, we actually are representations of Christ. Kelsey, you are a representation of mother. Chrissy is a representation of mother. Edgar is a representation of father. Uh, the other Jordan, a representation of father. Or Jeremy, I mean. Shout out to Jeremy. Representation of father. So it's very simple, you guys. Like, um, just because it doesn't say mother... That doesn't mean that um, she doesn't exist. Because if it did, then you guys will be in the church of God too. Okay, so there's there's a lot of a lot of directions we Lots can go with that. So many directions. I, I just maybe the first thing we could do. You were in Galatians four. Just turn back to Galatians three real quick, because just that last statement that that me and, and you or the males represent Christ and the women represent mother. Um, Galatians 3.28 says that in Christ, those who have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, and and are members of, of one body. And so... Yeah, I, I guess I don't see I don't see that. I'm not I'm not seeing where you're you're drawing that idea from. That that yeah. um I, I think I think Galatians four when you're you're taking the um that Jerusalem above reference and I think you're just you're missing the context wildly of what's what's going on there. Yeah. Um so so what would it be best you think, Kelsey, to get into that or did you Let's want maybe to. let's see what do we want to see what Ansung Holmes said about this verse? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Yeah, we can do. Is it a mystery or not? Do we want to what hear it. The last Jordan, Eve, we... When he talked Sorry? about the last Eve, was it in the mystery of God when he testified about the last Eve? No, we want to. So, Jordan, do you want to do you want to show it in Ansel Holmes' own voice, or do you want to see it in his writing first? Um, let's do uh, let's do his writing first, because let me see. Okay. Hopefully, it will let me share this. Let me find the Galatians one. 
because he actually did a pretty good extensive dive on Galatians. Oh, it's a uh, chapter seven. I think it's chapter seven. Yeah. What yeah. Uh, reference is this? Oh, this is uh, sorry, chapter six. Oh no, chapter seven. Um, this is the uh, Anselm Holmes book, Interpretation on the New Jerusalem and the Issue of Head Coverings. The the book he wrote to um, talk about or to talk about the concept of um, anyone claiming to be the New Jerusalem. So I'm seeing. I don't know what you what you got. I can't see it on my screen very well, but I I got stuff in chapter six. I don't know about you, Jordan. If you want okay. to start from the preface. I've, yeah, I'm in chapter six, but but yeah, it would be worth reading the preface first. Yeah. So. Um, let me do that. So this this book, this is, again, written by Ansong Hong. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Ansong Hong is who the WMSCOG believes the second coming Christ and the one who ultimately revealed this idea of there being a mother God. So this is a book he wrote um, uh, before he died. And so this is the preface of this book. I just, the contents of this book, basically, Ansong Hong looks at... Um, People are saying to Zoom. Let me yeah, see maybe. here. Hold on. I'm on my. I can only see it on my phone, so it's naturally small for me. Is that helping, guys? Let me see if I can go a little bit more. Yeah, can you go a little bit more? How's that? Yep. What is this book? Uh, well, so this is. Oh, go ahead, Jordan. It, you can see the screen there. Problems with New Jerusalem, the Bride, and Women's Veils is the title of this book. Have you heard of this, Star Power? Um, I've read that. You've read oh, the whole you've read book. It? Oh, good, good. We yeah. can go over it again. Yeah. Um. So okay, so this this book in this book, he basically responds to a woman Wait, who I'm is sorry, claiming sorry, in that time. Yep. No, go ahead. Who, for those who are not able to view it, um, you can if you see in this video, there's the link to this book. Do we have the link to this book there? Yes, the link is in the description of the video below. So oh, um, you can yeah. pull it up. The first one listed. The um, Ansong yep. Hong's book is the Mother God. Can anybody see it? Because if you can't see it, I'm just going to take it off screen. Because I think it might be just be too blurry to, to read. If it's I can see it if online, anybody can read it, but you can I, see it. I don't it. know about others. Okay. Okay, I'm waiting. If if you guys can see it, let me know. If you can't see it, those of you in the comments, um, because I think it's it drags some of the. You can't see it. Okay, at least somebody can see it. Okay. Okay. So so I'm read. I'm gonna read this the preface and uh, in, in a statement on Sung Hong makes in the preface because again he goes on to basically there's a several of key verses that the, the World Mission Society uses to um, from the Bible that they use to, to supposedly prove this doctrine of Mother God on Sung Hong basically directly deals with several of those exact verses gives his opinion of them and effectively debunks any uh, basically interpretation of mother God uh, from those passages. And so I think it's important before we look at those places to see kind of how, what he says at the beginning of this book um, as sort of his setup. So 
He says, this booklet was published to prevent troublemakers who misinterpret and behave fanatically to explain the errors in the books that Umsuin published and testify of the unchanging truth of our God. So again, the purpose of this book, he's saying, is to testify of the unchanging truth of the church of God. So I read that because I think it's safe to assume then that the things that An Song Hong was about to continue writing in this book, he believed that these are unchanging, unchangeable truths that apply not only then, but now, today. These same teachings that An Song Hong gives in this book, he's calling them the unchanging truths so that we can know today they still apply to this situation. Can I um, ask something before you continue? Yes, go ahead. Sure. So whatever he you're going to reveal in this book, you guys are going to reveal, do you 100% agree with everything he's saying in it? Do I? No, of course not. Okay, so some... Why do you ask? Parts, yeah, because, uh, you know, I know what you guys about to see um, or reveal. So uh -huh. some, of the, some of them you do and some of, the, some of them you don't. Some of the parts you agree with and some of them you don't. That's what you're saying? Right. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. But the yeah, the I mean, I, I would yeah. It's not necessarily what whether we agree with it or not. The purpose yeah. of understanding this book is to understand what Unsung Ho meant, because right. he is the one who the WMS, um, you know, say they base all their teachings off of. Right? They are the ones who say he is the second coming Christ. He is God. So it's important to understand what Unsung Ho. Right. Does Understood. that make sense? Understood. Understood. Okay. Okay. So that being the case, I'm going to jump to chapter six of this book and um, chapter six, because that is where he references the exact verses that you just uh, referenced star power. So chapter six is titled is the new Jerusalem in heaven material or immaterial? Um, so let me just find this place. So, uh, chapter seven. Oh, it is chapter seven. It's chapter seven. Sorry. My bad. And this chapter is titled the, the Jerusalem in heaven is our mother. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, he reads revelation 21 two, and then he says, Umsuin speaks as if she is out of her mind when she claims that the new Jerusalem is herself. Um, he quotes Galatians four twenty two through 26 now. Uh, which says uh, it is written that Abraham had two sons, why by, one by the slave woman, the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is, that is above is free, and she is our mother. So, and now here's Ong Song Hong's quote. That was his quote, quoting in Galatians 4. Now here's his response to that. He says, They use this passage to assert that Umsu En is our mother, who has come down from heaven. Umsu En truly believes that Hagar is the earthly Jerusalem, while Sarah is the heavenly Jerusalem. 
The only reason that Apostle Paul wrote Galatians 4, 22-26 is to clarify that the history of the family of Abraham is a prophecy. Um, and then he goes on, the Apostle Paul is speaking of the heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, okay, so one thing that sticks out to me about that is that he emphasizes, I think, one, one the fact that this is to be taken figuratively, um, and then the other there, he mentioned uh, that the only reason... Paul wrote Galatians 4 is to clarify the this history. But he goes on here. Where, where's the, the, the covenant paragraph? part, Kelsey? Can we read the next paragraph? The one after yes. 424? Yep. Okay, so never, nevertheless, Umsuin claims that she is the heavenly Jerusalem and that she has come down to earth. Oh, the paragraph According before to that. The, the paragraph before oh. that. Oh, this one? Yeah, the, this is a prophecy. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he reads Galatians 4.24, and then this is his response to that again. This is a prophecy of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, so that's significant. His, his interpretation, then, of this Galatians 4 passage is that this is a prophecy. It's speaking about Old and New Covenant. Hagar refers to the Law of Moses received on Mount Sinai and the Israelites of the flesh of the earthly Jerusalem, while Sarah refers to the New Covenant that Jesus Christ established in the Mark's attic and the spiritual Israelites. Uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking of the heavenly Jerusalem. Is that is that the part there, Kelsey, yeah. you wanted? Yes. Okay. Well, it's Sarah refers to the new covenant that Jesus established. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he goes on to say some other interesting things that we may or may not get to, but just that, that initial part there where he... Um, let me stop sharing this here real quick. Um, where he's saying that this passage, star power, that you just used to promote the idea of a mother god, uh, Sarah, in this case, representing, being a representative of mother god, Song Hong is taking that passage and saying, that's not what this is about. This isn't about a, you know, a, a woman coming down out of heaven. This is a, um, a figurative analogy, if you will, about the new covenant, the new and old covenant. Um, so I guess what, what's your kind of initial thoughts about all of that? Okay. So <clears throat> I agree. Just like how verse 24 says in regards to Hagar represents the old covenant, the old Jerusalem, the Jerusalem that got uh, destroyed, the physical Jerusalem on earth. Sarah being the free woman, she represents the heavenly Jerusalem. So, boom. Now, so I agree that it's figurative. We say mm -hmm. that mother is the reality of the new covenant. You can't keep the right. new covenant unless you believe in mother. It's like, um, you can say all you want that you believe in Jesus, you believe in Christ, you pray his name, cast out demons in his name. Where did Ansel Hong teach that? But you must believe in God the mother. He said, and Mr. God, that you must come to the last Eve. Uh, you need to come to the last E. That's what that's the last thing you wrote, right? He, that was he the last thing you wrote. Right? The angelic world that Eve oh, represents oh. the saints. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Okay, okay. So, what was the last thing Father has said? He said, "I follow Mother." What was oh, the last book yes, that yes, he Father did. Said? He did say, "I follow Mother." He did say yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Jordan, we mother. have the we have the video of the context so, in which that's written. Okay. You, so. Before, do you know? Do you know the context that sentence is written? 
um, star power? Well, I really don't need to see. <laughs> like, you, um, you don't need to see. You just he need to said, see one line. He okay. We uh, no, I saw more than that. Of course, you know I saw more than that. He what he say? Peter followed Jesus. Uh, I mean, the whole else? context that whole spiel is written in. The whole context. I mean, it's like, what more context do you need? What was said, the name of the sermon it was Elijah. in? What was the name of the sermon it was in? Peter followed Jesus. I follow others. Perfect. That's what was the name the of the sermon? What sermon? Yeah, what sermon was that written in? I'm not sure, but he I gave a very clear context. It's like we say one verse. We, we'll say one verse. And you guys like accuse us and like, oh, no, you got to read the whole chapter. It's like, what? <laughs> so y'all can yeah. use one verse. I'm not using one verse. I, I'm asking you. I, I, I'm asking you. Have you seen the context in which it was written? And do you know the sermon where it was written? I'm, 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 that's the context. That's the context. I, I think yeah. him saying Elijah followed Elijah, Peter. I think that's the context. But you, so you want more context? That's just that's want, just four lines. There's a whole lot more. That's just that. that's, that's the sentence. He wrote, a, he wrote a sermon called "Walking with God." It's one. It's in his handwritten notes. It's called "Walking with God." And it's very to understand the context of that and what he meant. It's very important to read to read the the rest of what was written before it and after it. So okay. and within Is that sermon, valid? yeah, yeah, we got. So I mean, we there's there's a sermon on YouTube of Ansan Hong's own son explaining what Ansan Hong meant, showing the context in which it was written. On that he's actually referring to when he says, "I follow mother." He's referring to the new covenant. And then we have on yeah, Song Hong's son explains that quote and, and it yeah. it makes a lot of sense and actually fits a lot more with it the context. With what he's I mean and, and, and not only that, but it but also you can go and and, and kind of compare on Song Hong's son's explanation of that quote with on Song Hong's other teachings in all of his other books and see that it just it fits so well with the rest of on Song Hong's teachings about the new covenant and 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 his teachings that we could even pull up where he he very clearly taught that women you know are representative of the church and you know kelsey keeps mentioning this visitors from the angelic world where on song hong very clearly connects eve the last eve with being the church or the saints um i mean that's even in the staff of moses where yeah, i was where, taught that staff you know, of moses can, yeah did, did his son or i should say like this was his son there when he took the photo um, on Father's tombstone, saying Prophet Elijah. Was he it there? It says on this tombstone, Elijah. Right. Prophet Elijah, right? So was his son there? Was I, I don't what, know. I can see the picture. Right, right, right. It, yeah, let's just kind of play along as if he was. So who was Father testifying about then? If he, if he, if it's on his tombstone, it's written Elijah. And who was Father testifying about? He was testifying to second coming Christ. That's what he wrote in his original Green Book, chapter 36, the chapter that was removed by the World Mission Society Church of God. He wrote that Elijah was the last Elijah was sent to prepare the way for second coming Christ and that he would go to heaven together alive with 144,000 in 1988. Well, if he's Elijah, right, then he's going to do what Elijah did. Right? What do you mean by that? So, when we look at Malachi chapter well, four, before we get into it, before we get into Elijah, sorry, I was just asking. We're still talking about we're still talking about Galatians. We can get back to Elijah, but we're still, okay. you know, Galatians, Galatians four. On Sung Hong, he clearly said that 
it's talking about the new covenant. Okay, but Jesus had said in John 16, 24, until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. So before that, what were what was the uh, Jesus' disciples praying in? What name were they praying in? But what does it have to do with Galatians? Because I'm, I'm going to get to my, oh, okay, I'll answer it. So they were praying in the name Jehovah. So Jesus said, though, until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. This means they were praying in the name Jehovah. Jesus said, boom, now you are to pray in my name, my name, Jesus. So the resemblance in that is what, were, what, if, what was Father's will before he ascended back to the kingdom of God? Two, believe in our heavenly mother. Where, did, where did he, he had, write that? Or what, where did he, where did he write or say that? This is why he had mother uh, step to the podium on his last Passover. Can I can I ask you, was there anything, is, is, that, a, is that something special that she stepped up to the podium on the 1984 Passover? How is that? And tell me how that's not. If it's the last Passover. I'll tell you. How so ironic my, is that? I, so when you see my sheep listen to my voice, let me okay. find the chapter real quick about service. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. It says, give me a second. Um, I think it's On the, the last one. It's, no, sorry, worship. It's probably the worship chapter, page three. Okay. Not the what second. Page? Not the third to last. I'm looking, for the, I'm looking for the page. I'm looking for the order of service. Um, okay, I think I found it. Um, okay, so this is uh, this is the my sheep listen to my voice. I have the Korean English version, so in my book it's page three eighty nine and three ninety one, but it's chapter sixteen, um, section. My sheep. Yes, my sheep listen to my voice. Yes. It looks like it's section four, order of worship. So here, um, this this is the book written by the general pastor Kim Jutol. Right. And he's, you know, explaining about the order of worship, right? He says below is the general order of worship. He talks about anybody who's been in the service. It says, you know, there's a silent prayer. There's the praise. Um, there's, you know, the prayer, right. more praise. Praise means like singing the new songs, right? right? And then another prayer. And then there's another new song that's saying, and then it gets to the sermon, right? And then after the sermon, it says there's offering and praise. meaning they sing a new song. They do more praise. Um, and then number nine, I want to point out about number nine. It says offering prayer. So he's, so Kim Ju Chol, he says, it is recommended that the presider or an elder or a missionary or a senior deaconess pray over the tithes and offerings, giving thanks to God and asking him to bless them. The members pray respectfully with their heads down in a particular case, any of the church members may pray. So it's the standard order of worship that you know for the offering prayer which is the prayer she did she didn't pray over the bread and wine she did the offering prayer um that a missionary do it at that time she was a missionary so what she sure. did wasn't something that like stuck out it was normal it was actually according sure. to general order of worship according uh, to kim but, so how is so so how is that doing something that's normal practice something that testifies about god the mother did you see if it was over the bread and wine or not? Oh, I have. Yeah. So actually, yeah. So um, let me uh, send you the picture, Jordan. Maybe you can share it. Okay. I have it. Just, give me just a minute. I saw if it you do, Netflix send it to my now. send it to my email. If you do, send it. Yeah, I'm gonna go off camera real quick so I can uh, I can so I can send it uh, on my phone. Give me just a second, and you can bring it up. Yeah, we'll we'll keep that okay. in mind. 
I'm gonna keep that in mind. Well, give me give me just a minute. I can do it really quick. So give That's me okay. A, give me just a minute, guys, because I don't want to lose the momentum on this one because this one's okay. this one's a pretty important one. Okay. Um, yeah, right. you know, no, no matter what, right? Y'all can kind of show me anything, um, biblical, and I've seen all the testimonies in the Bible regarding to our heavenly mother. May I share one? Well, before you do, let me find the picture real quick because I don't want to. Give me okay. a second, guys. Um, and while, while you're doing that, Kelsey, since we're on Galatians 4.24, I just wanted to read, uh, or yeah, we're on Galatians 4. I wanted to read verse 24 again and emphasize kind of, the, again, the context of that statement by Paul, where he says the, the Jerusalem above is our mother. Um, so right before that, again, in verse 24, he says, these things are being taken or to be taken figuratively. Um, then the NLT says these two women serve as an illustration. Uh, the ESV says, now this may be interpreted allegorically. Um, the Berean literal Bible says these things are allegorized. Um, the new King James version says these things are symbolic. Okay. So I, I guess, the reason why I think that's important is because Paul, before he makes the statement about Jerusalem being our mother, he emphasizes the fact that what he's about to say is symbolic. It's allegorical. It's not literal. But it's which part? Which part, though? The covenant being... Well, the part... That's my, that's my point. Is that the old... The, the, the physical... The, I'm sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, the part so, about what now? So the illustration of God's two covenants is Hagar and Sarah. Okay, those, uh -huh. those were real women. Those, those were actual women in the Old Testament, as you know. So the old, the old covenant represented Hagar enslaved by the law, enslaved by all 613 commands of the law. The free woman, uh -huh. Sarah, Okay, the reality of the new covenant being the heavenly Jerusalem were freed from sin and death through Christ's flesh and blood. So I get what you're trying to make. You're trying to say this is just a, uh, he's just painting a picture. But then why does verse 27 say, oh, ch uh, rejoice, oh, childless woman? Why does verse 28 say, oh. you, dear brothers and sisters, you are children of promise just like who? Isaac. Why does verse 31 why does verse 31 say, we are not children of the slave woman, but we are children of the free woman. So he's like children, child, well, children of promise. Because, he, that's the, because he's, he's talking yeah. symbolically and, and metaphorically about the old and new covenant. He, the whole yeah. context, do you know, I mean, what's the context of the whole book of Galatians? Why did he write to the Galatians? Do you know, Star Power? Um, he wrote for a couple of different reasons, but they were um, Gentiles. They were Gentiles when we look at Galatians 4, verse 8, right? So they weren't, they had all these different gods. Like they were pagan, they were first pagan nation. Um, or like at verse 8 and 9, but uh, he wrote a couple of different great teachings, right? What are, what are those teachings? Well, let's look at verse 8 and 9, Galatians 4, verse 8 and 9. Well, so, outside of Galatians well, 4, I, what, what's the overarching theme of Galatians? I mean, he's giving us spiritual meat, yo, know? like. But what's it? What's that? But what, what's the what's the point though? Like, what's his what's his main purpose all throughout the Book of Galatians? I don't want to put uh, words in. Oh, that's tough. Just but name I'll say one like purpose. This. If, if, 
one purpose okay. outside of Galatians 4. Sure. You have one purpose. All right, but so it's like this. Galatians 1, 6, and 6 through 9 is the main purpose where he says, um, I am shocked you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. So he's clarifying and clearing Why is that he up. saying this, though? Because the What was the twisting that was going on? This is all about what the book of Galatians is. There's right. something that so what, what, to say this. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that 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 verse you just used there is a good kind of uh, one good summary verse of Paul's intentions, I guess you could say. But what that that verse says that there's a twisting that was going on with the gospel that it was being distorted in some way. So what was that distortion that was going on that Paul was attempting to correct? There were um, so if they take one teaching away from the good news, for example, instituting Sunday service instead of the Sabbath. That's a different good news. If they're talking about a different Jesus. Did he mention that to, in the book of Galatians? That that's what he was referring to, Sabbath day? <laughs> so any, uh, okay, so, Kelsey, okay. Okay, Kelsey. So any variation of the good news is a false gospel. But um, I, I guess the reason we're asking is because Galatians 4 has a very specific a very yeah. specific purpose for which it was written that you could go and read any Bible scholar or teacher from, from any variety of denominations. And they're all going to say, they're all going to not have a disagreement about what Paul's purpose was for writing Galatians. And so I guess this is important because I think if, if you can't identify even the, the simple purpose for which Paul was addressing the Galatians in the first place, then it, it's hard to think that, um, there's going to be much weight that should be put behind your interpretation of chapter four, this vague reference to a symbolic, you know, Jerusalem that is our mother. Um, if you can't identify what Paul's purpose was for writing the overall book in the first place, then I don't feel like that gives a whole lot of credibility for okay. you to be able to then explain to us what he means by this symbolic reference in the middle of the 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 letter. Right, Does that right. make sense? Not I'm trying not to saying, dog you. I'm just saying, I think context is important. And, well, is. and, you know, I think you kind of, yeah, you kind of got onto us earlier for emphasizing the context, but I feel like that's, we're trying to, trying to see if, if there is a grasping of the context of the book of Galatians, because I think, I think if you get the context of it, uh, what Paul is saying in Galatians chapter four is just, it's very simple. It's very clear. Um, well, I think and and Galatians four twenty seven, Galatians four twenty seven, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Star Power, but I remember being told that the barren woman, um, re or the barren woman or the desolate woman represents God the Mother. Is that is that still correct? The desolate woman. Yeah. Is that still is that still correct? Because that's I remember being told that, but I've been out for some time. Is that still correct interpretation? Uh, I never had that teaching, um, so okay. I, don't, I guess yeah, I'm gonna just humble myself right now. No, that, that's that's to that's totally fine. Because I just yeah. wanna I just wanna point out that this is actually a quote from Isaiah 54 and right. verse one. 
And when you see Isaiah 54, because, yeah, Isaiah 54 and verse 1, it says, um, it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst in a song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor, because more of the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Um, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tents, cur curtain, tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dis dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Verse 4, do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. You will not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Verse 5, for your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. So actually it's talking to the, the Israelites. The Israelites are actually represented as the barren woman. And it says in verse 5 that who, this who woman is married. Has, what? So this woman has both a maker. One, she's a created maker. being. And two, she has a husband who is, yes, who is God. Yes, and, so. the, and, and that the husband is the maker, right? So, you know, just mm -hmm. like the relationship between the church and God, right? It says that this desolate woman, the maker, has a maker, and that maker is God. So, so there's, there's over 31,000 verses in the Bible. Before we yeah, just say that, this, that that refers to the church, the maker, and the... Uh, okay, and the, who does it refer oh. to? Who does it refer to? Okay, I'm just saying, the, the whole Bible gives us context. Okay. The, every well, verse has its mate. Every verse has its mate, right? So, yeah, Galatians 4 might give the give us some better insight. But, no, no, no. Passage, but the whole Bible. Is, Galatians 4 is quoting Isaiah 54. That means we got to look at the understand. context of Isaiah 54, too. And Isaiah 54, who is it talking mm -hmm. about in Isaiah 54? Um, I Like, again, I, I haven't had any uh, teaching on that uh, okay. exactly, but... Isaiah was very blessed, very blessed. He talks about Heavenly Mother a lot throughout Isaiah. And I, can't wait, first, to, I can't wait to show you guys in a bit. Well, okay, okay. So I can I can skip past. I just wanted to bring that up. But Jordan, I sent you the photo. Can you pull up that photo okay. so they can see that Ansung Hong prayed over the bread and wine of that Passover? Not and where did you send the photo to? I sent it to the, the email that you sent me, the link to the stream in. Oh, Okay. Let me pull that up, and, and Star Power, I know we just kind of both, me and Kelsey said quite a, a mouthful there, and yes. so I want to, if you do have some things you want to say to respond to that, I, I want you to have a chance to do that. I appreciate um, you. Appreciate you. So I'm going to say this because I love Jordan, I love Kelsey, and I love everybody out there. So I want to make that point firm before I say this. But if you put, so uh, saying that, I'm going to say this. If you put your trust in a theologian or a uh, quote-unquote Bible scholar, that's doing the same thing as trusting the Pharisees and the scribes from 2,000 years ago. So be very careful when you go on Google, being a Google scholar and checking every in and out of the scriptures and all these interpretations, because you're only going to confuse yourself. I mean, how many hundreds and thousands of interpretations are on Galatians 4.26 alone. Some might say mother, some might, uh, heavenly mother, some might say church, some might say Mary, some might say the Israelites. So be very careful. 
the Bible interprets the Bible. The reason why I know but, the church of God's the true church is because John 6 45 says they'll all be taught by God. So the ones who are taught by God, they're the ones who are gonna have the correct interpretation of the Bible. Can I can I can so, I can I say something real quick? You yeah, both can go ahead. So so you say we shouldn't put our trust in Men. In a scholar or or Google, Men. right? I mean, I, I I think we should, you know, try to validate as much as we can. I think there's a lot that can't be validated, you know, with the Bible. But, um, so, so, to your knowledge, to your knowledge, Star Power, does Kim Joo Chol did Unsung Home or does Jung Gil Ja do any of them have any kind of any kind of um how do I say any kind of knowledge of the Experience. Hebrew language or of Greek or Aramaic? Can they speak any of those languages? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I know Elohim means gods. So but I'll, I'll get to Elohim a little bit later. I got a lot, you know, a lot to say on that one. But so okay. they, they don't have any formal training in, oh, in any of those, right? Then sure. why I know the gospel spreading to all nations and all peoples. So is the Hebrew doctrine too. I mean, they're spreading all over too, and they use Isaiah thirty-four. 16. So is Pepsi Cola. Who is? But are they from God? Is Pepsi Cola from God? <laughs> I don't. Well, know. Yeah, spreading. It's spreading <laughs> fast. So if that's if that's the litmus test, then it must be. Yeah. Man, I just but, want to see a face on that. So, why should, why should so, so salvation is an important issue, right? Salvation for your soul yeah. is important. Why should I place my salvation in the hands of those who don't even know the original language in which the Bible is written over those who have degrees in not only those languages, but the languages tied to the context of the text themselves? Why General. is their interpretation more valid? General Pastor is the most blessed sinner on this earth as as we speak he is walking with god day in and day out how blessed is a, a general pastor he's receiving his teachings from heavenly mother almighty god herself so the fact when he's uh delivering us that spiritual food through the sermons hey like um I don't really know what to tell you. Like, uh, that's he, he's getting his teachings from Almighty God. Like, we have mother's teachings. So did Joseph Smith. Yeah. So did Muhammad. Yeah, but Unsung Hong claimed to have visions, too. claimed to have visions, too. And the Quran. Joseph Smith and the Quran, and Muhammad, I mean, they altered their scriptures. They made a Quran. Yeah. What? So, so, so let's, I just, I just want to point out that we're, again, I think kind of that rabbit trail there a bit started on kind of us asking for the context of, and I'm going to pull up just so you know, guys, I will pull up that photo here in just a second, but just to kind of wrap up this little detour here, but this kind of started because we were asking simply for you to identify the the context of Galatians or Paul's kind of main purpose in writing to the Galatians, what it was, um, which you didn't really give a response to. Um, and, and, and I didn't, yeah, you didn't, no, Galatians? you didn't identify. 
Galatians 1, 6 through 9. He's, he's clarifying what the true gospel is. Right, right. No, no, that's right. But we're asking, like, what, what, what is that? Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a good start. But what is, what is that that he's clarifying? What is that error that he was correcting? Um, the, I guess the reason I'm saying is because you just, what you just said kind of gives me the impression that you undervalue the importance of understanding the historical context or the, um, any sort of, um, you know, scholarly approach to understanding the text, which I can, I can sympathize to an extent with, you know, what you're saying in a way. Um, but I think, you know, it, it almost sounds like a way of saying, hey, guys, don't you don't need to really study or look at the context. You don't really need to listen to scholars who have devoted their years and years of schooling to really understand the language, to understand the, the you know, the culture, the historical context and, and all that like that is an important. Just read your Bible and you'll be fine. So um, yeah, so, so does Pharisees. They devoted okay, so you are so you are somewhat demonizing then a more scholarly like approach to the Bible. No, I wouldn't say demonizing it. I'm just making a uh, well. You're pharisizing it, it, which which they were led by demons, right? So I mean, you know, the ones who knew the Bible with the back of their hand, the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of the law, they're the same ones who crucified Almighty God. So it's like okay, well, the, the WMSCOG claims to know the Bible like the back of their hand, though. Like you guys claim to be the only ones who get it right. You're the only ones who follow the commands of God. So I mean, that's exactly what the Pharisees did too. Amen. Jesus preached to prostitutes. Would you preach to a prostitute? Of course. Would a prostitute be allowed to come into the church and get baptized? Of course. Are you allowed a homeless to man to too? A so beggar would, too? Would Someone you preach to somebody who's gay? Yeah, would we got to eight billion people, right? We, so you, I'm trying so to go to you're, heaven. you're saying the, the Church of I'm God would allow someone who is gay to be baptized? One more time. I'm sorry, I was talking over you. Would you would, are you saying the Church of God allows, the World Mission Society Church of God allows someone who is gay to be baptized? Uh, so when they confess and turn from their ways, that's why it's repent and turn back to God. Right? It's repent. You gotta repent first. So, for example, I'm glad you brought this up. So, I had preached to this woman actually, um, as she was playing with her tarot cards. Um, but she was eager to want to study. Like she, she wanted to study, but for her specific reasons and motives. Um, uh, she, she wanted to study for her reasons. Um, so although. She uh, has gotten a couple of studies. Um, she hasn't been able to be baptized because she can't turn away from that. She she still has that yeast, that spiritual yeast. But once she gets rid of that, then she'll come to accept true God and uh, eventually be baptized. Okay. They're, they're, look, but we're sinners, though. We still sin. There's, of course, there's members that still sin. While and the truth, let's call it what it is. Like. Somebody gets baptized today, so, and then it's like pure lamb or sheep. You know, it, mistakes are going to happen, but we got to repent genuinely. That's where the heart yeah. thing comes in. That's where the faith thing comes in. That's where the, the people, some people in the chat are saying that as a member mm -hmm. that they were not allowed to preach to gay people and that those people can get baptized. Okay, well, I'm saying. Mike so let's, for them. I'm saying let's right like, 
I would I would love to have that conversation as well, but I, I yeah. like it's hard to stop because I think there's a whole conversation to be had there. But I also know that's going to continue to push us away from what we're trying to talk about. Um, and so, um, so let let's let's go ahead. I know there's we didn't really wrap that up there, but um, let's pull up the photo before we keep kind of derailing. Let me just pull this up real quick. And um, I don't even at this point remember what the context was that we were. Um, oh, it was the. This up for, it was the, cause the context was the um, um, 1984 Passover that Unsung Hong he he basically announced God the Mother um, because he had her pray, and I and I showed my sheepless my voice, which shows it's not some kind of special thing that's actually a, a that's literally listed as like the general order of worship. And um, the question was, well, are you sure she didn't pray over the bread and wine? And yes, I'm absolutely sure. You can see this picture on some home is clearly praying over the bread and wine. So right. that, okay. that answers my question. So I just wanted to. Okay. Okay. So Galatians, that was Galatians. We saw on Song Hong's um, interpretation of it. I think we've probably... We probably covered Galatians at least for tonight. I know we didn't solve any, anything by any means, but um, uh, so what? What were some of the um, other things there that I, I know? Kind of at the beginning, actually, in your kind of opening thought, Star Power. There are a couple things I thought that we that would be good to touch on. One would be Genesis one twenty six, where you reference, "Let us make man in our image." Um, yeah. So, so, go ahead. So I want to point out to everybody listening that Jesus said he'll speak in parables since the creation of the world. And we, we, we can get into Genesis one twenty six, But again, because Zangil Jah, Heavenly Mother, is Almighty God herself, she has to be testified about. Let me show you guys an example. So... Isaiah 42, verse 8, it says, Isaiah 42, 8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. So God says that he will not give his glory to anyone else. Okay, so let's keep this in mind. So God won't give his glory to anyone else. Hebrews 1 Hebrews 1, verse 3. Okay, Hebrews 1, verse 3 says, The sun radiates, the sun being Jesus. The sun radiates God's own glory and express the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from his sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So Hebrews 1, verse 3 says, The sun radiates God's own glory. God said, Isaiah 42, he gives his glory to no one else, but the sun radiates God's glory. So, of course, we can come to understand that the sun is God Almighty. Jesus is God as he radiates God's own glory. But let's see who also has God's glory. Revelation 21. Is to Genesis 126? Uh, almost. Okay. Revelation 21, verse 11. Revelation 21, verse 11. Uh, we'll start from verse 10. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain 
and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like Jasper as clear as crystal. So the sun has God's glory. The holy city Jerusalem has God's glory. But God said in Isaiah 42, he won't give his glory to anyone else. This is what I was, thanks to Father Mother, this is what I meant when I said uh, the Bible speaks in parables. So this, from these three verses, we can understand three different books. We can understand that this holy city, Jerusalem, is God herself, as she has God's glory, just like the sun had God's glory. That makes sense? No. How not? That's, because uh, that's not the context of you. you that's not the context of Revelation 21. Okay. But I don't want to. I, I, um, I don't know if you want to talk yeah. about Revelation 21 or because you, you know you want to talk about the, uh, uh, Genesis. Yeah. Well, uh, Genesis. Genesis. I mean that that didn't really even get get to Genesis. I, I get your point. So your point is star power that nobody can have the glory of God except for God Himself. Right. And then I'm assuming you connect that to Genesis one chapter one by saying god gave well, well maybe that that's not making sense as i'm saying it out loud so what what is your connection there i guess how does that connect to genesis well it wasn't even really um basically my point you guys is saying that the bible speaks in parables like this holy city jerusalem god's glory is this is revelation 21 a parable symbolic but is it a parable he, Hebrews 1 3, God's glory. Okay, the Lord gives his glory to no one else. I'm just making a point to say that God has his glory. Okay, if we want to somehow tie this to Genesis 1 26, we can. From this, we can confirm that the Son is the same God the Father who made man in, in their own image. And this holy city, Jerusalem, is the same God who uh, created man and their own image. So, okay, not not according to On Song Hall, because right right there you're making statement after statement that is a direct contradiction to On Song Hall's teachings. Because you continue to say, you continue to equate God with the heavenly Jerusalem or the the Jerusalem in Revelation. Um, and so, he he explained what he meant by the Revelation. I mean, well, Revelation yeah. twenty one. Did Father talk about uh, Genesis one twenty six? Did Father? Yes, yes, he did. And the veils and the bride. Not in the book, but there's an audio sermon that he talked about it that we have on deck too. So we could go. We could. I mean, I think we should look either right now. We should either turn to Genesis one twenty six and give that some attention, or we should go to the Revelation passages. Um, I think because I think those both will need dealt with kind of separately. Um, so what would you what would you prefer guys do we go to revelation I, I think we're already a little bit more deep into revelation at this point we kind of got our feet in already so let's just let's just look at revelation and some of these quotes that we're referencing from on song hong um so let, let me just pull this up again real quick um, chapter 15 and, is the one with revelation 21 and revelation 19. Chapter, chapter 15. 15, okay, and yeah. 16 has some as well. Yeah. 
Okay, let me see. Well, first, what I want to do is there's a quote here. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I meant, to... yeah, Revelation 15 and 16, yeah. I'm sorry, chapter 15 and 16. Okay, let me see here. Okay, so first, let me pull up this. This will be, this is actually in, this is going to be in chapter 8. Um, of on song. So again, this is chapter eight. This is on song Hong's book titled problems with the new Jerusalem, the bride and women's veils on song Hong's own words that, that I'm about to show you. I'm going to zoom in here. Let's see if we can get a little bit closer. Um, hopefully you guys can read this. Oh, and I just lost it. There it is. Okay. Can you all read that? Hopefully you can see it. It's lagging on my end, but I see okay. the. Okay. I see. The okay. Screen. Okay. So he says the New Jerusalem, which is written of in Revelation twenty-one one through four, the tabernacle of of God abides with human beings. However, this tabernacle is a spiritual building, not a person. So, um, so that's that's one quote there that I think is significant. That he's looking at that same. Um, reference that you just gave. So star power, we have you and the WMSCOG on the one hand saying, hey, this this Jerusalem, this tabernacle, this new Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven, this is actually a person, Wait. not a building. And then you have Aung San Hong saying, no, this yeah. tabernacle Wait. is a spiritual building, not a person. Wait, Does that, that make sense? That... Oh, yeah. And actually... Doesn't Paul say though that um, in Second Corinthians chapter six verse sixteen uh, that we are temples of the living God? Yeah, but this is on Song Hong's words. Okay, I'm but I'm a temple. saying that it's a building, not a person. I'm a spiritual temple too. I'm, I'm a spiritual building too. Then, right? If we're, if I'm, are you a, a person also though? But he said it's not a person. Yeah, he didn't say it's also a spiritual building. He said it's it's a building, not a person. person. Yeah. Okay, so you can do you can you can I guess just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but I, I want to get through some of these quick. So another quote, and this one would be in chapter sixteen. Kelsey, if you have a specific quote in fifteen, you want to read, maybe find um, that because well, I can't 15, find us. Yeah. Um. Well, no, I think. Well, why well, No, yeah, 15, 15, because that one's where he's kind of. I mean, he's listening. Do you have it up? I can't. The screen's a little, I it's a little laggy for me. Is it where, where he says the bride of the lamb? Yes, I mean he's. Okay, he's so showing, he's. He's showing Revel chapter fifteen. He's showing Revelation twenty one two through three, um, you know, and then nine through oh, ten. Oh yeah. Of well, okay. Really, this whole section. Um, yeah, I don't know if we want to read because he, he brings up Second Corinthians. Let, let's go ahead and read this because I, I know this can... is something we pointed out in the staff of Moses that we kind of were all we were seeing as we were reading it. That was pretty significant. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read through this really quick and we'll just then talk about it and star power, get, get your uh, reaction to it. So okay. uh, Revelation 19, he quotes Revelation 19, 7 through 8. 
And then 2 Corinthians 11, 2 through 3, which say, Revelation 19, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And then he goes on, and Ong Song Hong says, In the same way, the Apostle Paul says, and then he quotes 2 Corinthians 11, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The bride of the Lamb are the 144,000 saints who have accepted the gospel. Um, okay, there's a lot of things there, but one of the main things that stands out to me is obviously he ends that by saying the bride of the lamb, again, referencing the bride in Revelation, who the WMSCOG clearly says that's Mother God. On Song Hong clearly says... Revelation 21 and Revelation 19. Right. So he says the bride of the lamb in Revelation 19 is the saints. Um, and then he connects that to 2 Corinthians 11. He connects Revelation 19 and 2 Corinthians 11 by saying that this reference being made in Revelation 19 about a bride who has made herself ready, he, he connects that to 2 Corinthians 11, where Paul references the church as being the bride of Christ. So this is also how clearly uh, interpreting Revelation 19 and the bride spoken about in that verse, he, his interpretation of that is that that is a reference to the church or the saints. Um, and then that's further confirmed when you look at chapter 16, where mm -hmm. it says, um, and I'll just skip clear to the bottom so we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but Revelation 22, 17, um, and Revelation 21, 9 through 10, he says, since it is written, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And then he responds to that. This is Ong Song Hong's response to that verse in Revelation. He says, the wife of the lamb is the saints. So... That's just a few, a few quotes there. That, in my opinion, you know that that in itself, I think, presents dramatic challenges to the um, assertions that the WMSCOG makes about Mother God. So, Star Power. First, are those are are you aware of those quotes? Have you are you familiar with those? And what are your uh, thoughts about about those things I just shared? A few of those quotes I mentioned. Um, uh, I need to consider uh, what you just read a little bit deeper uh, before adding any further comments. Okay. I, I want to see the context behind those verses that Father used. Uh, but one thing I okay. know is that uh, Father discarded the books. Um, that's why we don't hear about it. So it, there must have been Father's Can you how do you know that? How do you know he discarded the books? Because I just showed you in the opening, his preface, he says that what he was about to write, I can show you again. He says, this is the unchanging truth of God. So how can you say that he discarded something that is the unchanging truth of God? Uh, concerning the bills? Yeah, the unchanging truth. Concerning unto men not being the bride? Yeah, that's the unchanging truth. Can I can I read one part of the the preface that we didn't mention in the beginning? Okay. So um, I don't know if you can pull it up, Jordan. 
I can sure try. Because cool. actually, um, this book, right, um, is there any proof that this book was removed from circulation, Star Power? Uh, proof is in the pudding. I mean, I, I can't find it. I can't find access to it. I see it's on the examining site, but, you know. You know, you know that this cannot originate on the examining site, though, right? This the this is not original from the examining site. It actually, you can find this book um, available not only on the NCPCOG site in English, but you can also find it on the Church of God Jesus Witnesses site too in English and the original Korean too. If you wanted to get that compared, but um, the thing is, is this book? There's no proof that it's ever been re removed from circulation. Actually. Unsung Hole even released a second edition of it. Um, so, but not only that, but he also gave audio sermons about the context in which these are written. Um, we have links, you know, you can definitely, I know you haven't, you, well, you want to see the context, right? So I would definitely recommend you and, yeah. and anyone else watching this, you know, please check out the, the links we provided because you can see Unsung Hole's own, like, audio sermon of him explaining this. So if this was meant only to be taken away, I mean, he shouldn't have been giving audio sermons on it. Um, but that in and of itself, mm -hmm. I want to read the the, um, the preface. So, and real quick, Kelsey, I just, I got this quote pulled up on screen. I'm going to kind of randomly pull up certain things that are, are standing out that I think might kind of add to the conversation because this, is, I think, is a good point that, that I'd just be curious to get your thoughts on, Star Power. So uh, it's a quote from Julian who said, um, you must ask yourself, Star Power, can you go back to Zion and ask your brothers and leaders about these quotes without being judged and told that's the devil? So do you feel like you could, you know, comfortably ask your, your leaders and brothers about this and receive thoughtful, meaningful responses to these quotes, or would there just be, you know... What, what do you feel like the responses would be? Um, so, you guys have to consider um, <clears throat> the internet is very fast. Um, any brother or sister could simply go online and uh, type in Church of God and um, and come to find out about this, the bride and the woman's bills. So you would think like many brothers and sisters have already seen about this info, seen what the examining site has said about it, um, but they're not shaken about it because ultimately it's about what the Bible says and what father had left us as his will. For example- He left, he left this book. He left but, this book. Here's a, here's a clear example. And Father uses Revelation twenty two seventeen in that book, right? But he also used Revelation twenty two seventeen in the Mystery of God book. But what did he say about Revelation twenty two seventeen in the Mystery of God book? He said that's the last Adam and the last Eve. That's what Father. And who did he say was the but last did he Eve? Say though? That it, did, he, did he say that bride represents God the Mother in the, that book? That, he said the bride is the last Eve. But did he say that that is God the mother? Again, Christ is going to, you know, 
Christ spoke in parables. Okay. Is so Revelation no. twenty-two seventeen a parable? Is it a parable? It's, a, it's, a, prophecy. Parable, it's, a, it's a prophecy. But it's not a parable, right? I'm not. Uh, hey, you know, I, I understand it. And you did yourself for 10 years understand it. And I didn't understand. When I was a years. member of the church, I did not understand that verse as a parable. And Jeremy, uh, no, I'm talking about you understood it. Even though it may have been a parable or not, you understood it. And you taught it to Do you others. think you understood it, Kelsey, when you were a member? Did you understand the yeah. true meaning so of that, that passage? So the thing is, is I didn't have any kind of training in the Bible. I had never studied the Bible before. I never yeah. went to church. So I, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to it. And logically, and I said this in past videos, logically, the, you know, the, the doctrine made sense to me. But it wasn't until I left that I did research um, and I could see very clearly within the context of not only Revelations, but throughout the Bible, clearly what this was talking about. And when you see Revelation 21 and 22, if you look at it verse by verse, I mean, it's pretty clear what the, the, the Jerusalem is, what the bride is. So, well, Julian's comment, with Julian's comment, he asked, would I get rebuked if I went back and asked brother sister about that um it's, here's my answer to that of course that's been talked about of course there's probably been discussions about that um but it, it really shouldn't shake a brother or sister's faith when we look at the grand scheme of things not nitpick one specific point let's look at the whole context in that totally regard in the grand the whole book. yeah but <laughs> the Bible, so the so book. there's I just have to point out, I feel like it's a bit ironic that you're saying that after the way our conversation with Galatians went, because we were, again, you're, you nitpicked one verse, which is the Jerusalem above is our mother. You pull that out and, and then don't really give us an explanation of what you, you tell us that Paul's purpose for Galatians is to, you know, correct the gospel, but, but you can't really give examples of what, what, what was that? What was that correction that he was doing in Galatians? And so it's, it's just, it's ironic. And I feel a bit, um, yeah. I talked about how they were turning to, they had their other gods. They were Gentiles. The Galatians were Gentiles. That wasn't the issue with Galatians. Wasn't that they're turning to other gods. That wasn't the issue. I was just saying one of them. One of the well, I mean, I guess I that that's just though uh, it serves as a and I'm not trying to hound on you, I'm just saying that serves yeah. as sort of a, a basically yeah. proves the point I'm trying to make that that's not that's not the that's not what Paul's writing about in Galatians. Um, that's not I, I can't even think that that's mentioned once that there's so an issue going Paul's on in Gal Paul's concern for the Galatians that's what it says above uh, Galatians 4 verse 8. Uh huh. Paul's concern for the Galatians. <laughs> that's not what the book of Galatians is. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at the over there's there's one right. clear message about the book of Galatians and okay. it's and it's it's a. f I'm sorry, I I'm getting us back. This is my fault. I'm getting us back on Galatians. Galatians is a faith versus works thing. That's kind of the point. I think that's yeah. that's very evident all the way throughout. And so I think that yeah. that's yeah. But yeah, I, I guess what's interesting here again is it just seems like in my mind, when we're we're pointing out these things, it just seems like this should be a really simple conversation where we're pointing out 
these quotes from Mao Zedong Hong. He says, every example, listen, every example where you hear Aung Zedong Hong directly address who the bride of Christ is, who the, the, the new Jerusalem is, who this tabernacle is in Revelation. Anytime you see Aung Zedong Hong specifically address that question, his answer is, it's the saints. Anytime you see Aung Zedong Hong directly address the question, who is Eve? Who is the spiritual Eve? It's the saints. It's the church. So it's just, it's kind of ironic to me that that we can pull up all these quotes showing Aung Zedong Hong actually talking about who, who, the, who Eve is, who the new Jerusalem is, who the bride of Christ is, and it's the saints. Um, but then it's you on the WMSUOG side who claims to be the one following Aung Song Hong and his teachings, but it would seem like me and Kelsey on this side are actually more faithful to looking at and actually examining what Aung Song Hong actually taught. We're more faithful in the sense of we actually are looking at trying to figure out what he actually believed. Um, so I... You just so here, let me just let me just. I'm going to give this over to you now, Star Power. But I, the way I want to do that is by pulling up a question again from the audience because I think it summarizes what I just said. Sure. And I guess I what I just said. It, this question here by Raymond is kind of summarization of that. So kind of respond to to that question there, I suppose. So Raymond's okay. question is: Can you show one verse, audio recording, anything where On says okay. that? Do what? And I was just saying Lil Ray because me and him be going oh. the little YouTube comments. Come oh, on the okay. video, Ray. Come come on the video, man. Let's let's have a chat. Once and for all. Come on. Can we man. add Ray if Ray's willing, Jordan? No, we we don't need I'd be okay. I, I think I think, I think that would let how about how about if Ray is willing we set set that up for its own thing and we can just have a one on one discussion. That would be fun. Um, man, bring your swim trucks, man. Uh, like George said, bring your swim trucks. We get baptized, man. Oh, I don't think they take Ray back. <laughs> oh, he was a member? <laughs> yeah, old Ray was definitely oh, a member. What? Oh, Come yeah, on. yeah. Brother Ray. He was man. a deacon. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just... I'm trying to just focus this down on, on and trying to bring clarity to what I feel like, again, is going on in the conversation. Um, I feel like we're bringing up specific quotes from Aung Song Hong where he's saying he's identifying the new Jerusalem in Revelation. He's identifying the, the, the bride slash wife of Christ. And it's not who you say it is. And okay. so how is it that we have examples and evidences of who Aung Song Hong believed the wife of Christ was? Um, if we do, why don't why can't you provide that as well? Like, where's the where's the evidence that Aung San Hong believed a mother god, a female deity, is the wife of Christ? Okay, so I'll, I'll be as concise as possible. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll be as concise as possible, so that you guys know that I'm answering. So it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like oh you're not getting an answer or uh, yeah, those right. I appreciate so, that. Yes, sir. So he said the last Eve is the bride in Revelation twenty two seventeen and the mystery of God. So the last Eve is this bride. That's one example. Number two, he said, I follow. Before you move on, can you tell us where that's at exactly? I, I mean, my mystery of God book is in my car. 
All right. Oh, so. I got I got my book. Okay. I can find the page. You know what? But I'm a, I'm gonna go get the book. Can you guys give me a moment? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make sure I get the book. Yeah, there's yeah. A couple of that's fine. Yeah. What? I'll, I'll Kelsey, do you know where that's at? Yeah, it's the last chapter. The last chapter. Okay. Yeah. The, well, the last. And chapter then the young best version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I then. And then if we can, if we can find the last, the Eve reference in, um, yeah, uh, and visitors from the angelic world, I think that would also be, um, good. Um, all right. How's everybody hanging in there? We are almost to the two hour mark and we're still going strong. So thanks guys for sticking with us. Thanks for, um, I'm trying, we're, we're trying to keep our eyes on the comments and pull up um, ones that I feel like are uh, would contribute to where we're at in the conversation. So definitely keep adding your thoughts. It's it's helpful to see your guys' input too. Um, uh, so Carolyn asked, did Star Power ever answer why the WMSCOG sue former members? No, uh, we haven't got to that yet. That is a question I want to get and actually kind of phrase it in line with sort of our topic, you know, why, why does mother God condone suing of her enemies? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a good question. Yeah. I'll let him find, I can't find the specific one where it says the last thief. So I'll let him point that out. I see the reference to revelation twenty two seventeen. Um, but Sorry. I don't see the part about the last year, but I'm going to find, well, he's coming back with that. I'll find the, uh, one visitor from the angelic world. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I think it, if you have your, uh, staff of Moses book, I know that that Eve quote is in there. They actually quote Yeah, that's him. what I was just about to um, check. I know it's, okay. they'll tell me the page. Just about to check that one. Uh, Deborah said, why is the Bible not enough? Why do other books need to be referenced? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, the, I, in some ways, I feel like the WSCOG oh. is based upon an assumption that the Bible is the Word of God. So it seems like it should, the conversation should be able to um, be begin and end with what is, you know, actually said in, in Scripture. But what, what was that, it's, Kelsey? Go ahead. His, uh, sorry, it's not the last chapter. Oh, it looks like you, I don't know, my hand is not that yet. It's actually chapter 24. Chapter 24 of... The green book? Yeah, the green book. It's not the last chapter. Um, I'm trying to find it real quick. Okay. Let's see. Um, okay, I found it. It's on page 154 in the English-only version. The last sentence of that first paragraph. Last sentence of the first paragraph in chapter but I, 24. I would like to point out that this chapter in particular has actually been edited, and there's documented proof of it being edited. I just want to What's point that edited? out. What's parts? Oh, the, the image that comes right after it. The image oh, where it's, you can see the, the two people on the throne. 
um, the spirit of the bride on the throne. Actually, it was originally just the 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 male on the throne. It never showed the bride, and we have documented proof of that. One fifty six. Oh, that's the image, but the one the quote that you were looking for is one fifty four in the English only oh. version. And what what was it? What was the original one you said? What was it of? Are you talking about the edit? No, you said prior to the edit, it was something else. Oh, prior to the prior to the edit, it was just an image of the 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 male on the throne. There was no male and female sitting on separate thrones in the original. And that's that's well documented. I mean, that's you can, yeah, that's even well documented within the the WMS versions too. I'm not even just talking about what the NCPCOG or the Church of God Jesus Witnesses has. That's WMS version. So it, it's interesting. I'm just scanning through this and I just see this quote where Aung Song Hong says, Adam and Eve represents the love between Jesus and us. So there's a, mo <laughs> there's a couple things about that. One, he's that saying Adam and Eve, that's, that's the green book. Oh. So, Adam and Eve represents the love between Jesus and us. So obviously he's referencing the saints like this. That's Adam and Eve is a picture of the love between Jesus and his bride, which is the church. But also the fact that he says Jesus and us, including himself in that, saying that actually Adam and Eve pictures a love between Jesus and myself. Like, like An Song Hong there was differentiating himself from Jesus. Does that make sense? So... Well, Jesus did the same with Jehovah. He prayed and set the perfect example of how we should worship Heavenly Father. So Jesus did the same at his second coming. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would give you that. Um, but that doesn't really solve the problem, I think. The first problem, that Adam and Eve represents the love between Jesus and us, which is just another place where... I, th I think, again, if you put all of Ansong Hong's teachings together, um, you see this consistent message, this consistent idea that he thought Eve, he thought the bride of Christ ultimately is a picture of the church. It, it's the saints. Um, and th that, yeah, this just stands out to me as just another spot where you see that communicated. And you see that same thing. I mean, the similar thing in the visitor's book, he says in the chapter 13, he says, so the history of Adam and Eve contains the great truth of the relationship between Jesus and his saints. So it's what page, where is that? Book. That's in they, visitors? Yeah, that's page, in the English only version, that's page 52. Okay. Well, so, Star Power, we kind of, this this is was kind of your your time so i want to go ahead and yeah give it back to you and and what whatever i know you're trying to bring up a specific reference so um yeah so yeah so, go ahead and continue okay so when i'm closing uh my clients uh for training and they have an objection to oh i don't know if i should do it uh i don't know if i'm ready i think i tried on my own i tell them okay Let's look at the cost of you not training. I tell them like that. So, and then they start to realize, oh, wow, if they don't train, they're going to be stuck with their same problem. They're still going to be, you know, having all the things that they came to me for. If they don't. In the same way, did Heavenly Father ever say there was not God the Mother? Yes. Did he ever, did he ever say there is, there is no 
or it never will be. Okay, did he ever say that? Yes. Because I, I would say that was communicated and in, in the problems with the New Jerusalem. I'd say that's the overarching purpose behind that whole book was to dispel that idea. Okay, so speaking of dispel, can you guys prove to me without that book that there is no that there is no heavenly mother? Because you guys are going to keep going back to that book, but I don't look at that book as even um like uh, it doesn't really affect us as members because it's almost like a but it was written by a person you claim was, to be God. Yeah, yeah, that just shows that you don't really respect what your supposed no, God no, no, teaches. No, no, no. I don't know why. How can you say that no, doesn't no. matter? No, no, no. So, okay, but that's like saying, oh, because Jesus called Peter Satan, that he stays Satan. That's what you yeah, I made a whole, I made a whole video about that, explaining why that that okay. response to that book is really... Um, Unwarranted okay. and does not oh, follow. So he not only wrote okay. it in the book, okay. he said okay. it okay. too. Okay, that's like saying that the Lord's um, name is going to stay Jehovah. That's like saying uh, that because God pronounced that we can to Moses that you only eat clean and unclean animals. That's only okay to eat clean animals. So there's a time for everything, as we say, Ecclesiastes three verse one. So see, see, I here's here's the difference though. Here's the difference though between that. If if Jesus had taken like in that instance with Peter, taken a specific Bible verse and said, "Hey, look, Peter, I know, I know, you know, these people are interpreting it in one way to say that you're not Satan, but this verse actually what it means is that you are Satan." And he took a specific verse and said, "Here's one way this verse is being interpreted. Here's the correct way to interpret that verse." If that had been done by Jesus, then yes, we would still have to say, oh, I guess that verse teaches Peter is Satan even today. But And that's exactly what he did. That's kind of a weird analogy. But that's that's what he did in this book. He took specific verses and he dispelled certain interpretations of them, which which involved a mother god, second female deity. And then he also gave a, his correct interpretation of them. And so you have to deal with, you can't just... You can't just throw those other examples in the mix and say that just that just solves it because you have to deal with his interpretation of these passages. Ahn Song Hong interpreted Revelation to be the bride and Revelation to be the saints. You can't. I mean, tell me that if that's if that's equivalent to to Jesus calling Peter Satan, then show me. Show me that those two are equivalent. Show me that those two are on, on the same level. I don't feel like you can just make that statement and and it just be. You know, and 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 that just solved the the problem. Okay. Chrissy's so, last comment makes a good point too. What Chrissy say? I don't know if you want to pull it up, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. I want to give an example, uh, and I understand that, Jordan. I, I understand that. I, I can, I can, uh, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, but like, uh, you you guys were really harping on me last time about the name of Jesus. Oh, salvation found. I was showing y'all all these different verses, but y'all was like, nope. But but here's a great example. Yeah, he said that, but he uh, salvation found no name of Jesus. But he also said after Revelation twenty two seventeen that he said Father said this. The above prophecy shows that Jesus, the second Adam, who came nineteen hundred years ago, will come. In the flesh again in the last days, 
What page is that? This is after Revelation 22, 17. Um, on page 154. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Same page. No worries. Okay. Yeah. So we saw him say earlier that some is found no other name. But he also says here that the second Adam will come again in the flesh. So yeah, you guys didn't want to harp on this. You know, but he said flesh. You guys didn't want to harp on this last time. But y'all really, oh, no, he said this. He said this. But Father says continuously throughout this book that Jesus didn't come again in the flesh. He wrote it in the newspaper. I'm, I'm confused about your point there. Like, what's what's okay, significant about... Really, this is my point. Okay. There's a time for everything. What did Father do? What was Father's last will? He said the last Eve, the bride, is in coming in the water life. He testified about Mother at the last Passover. Okay. The, How um, did he? But you didn't answer that question earlier either. How did he yeah, testify? You, yeah, we already showed that that's not true. Yeah, I how followed, did he testify that, that she I, was God the mother? Okay, he said, I follow mother. That's one. Did, wait, 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 wait. Did he say that at that last Passover? He wrote it down. I but did he say it. that at the last Passover? Because the last Passover is what you allege that he revealed God, or he revealed God the mother. He did. But he could have said, I keep the new covenant. He said, I follow mother. You guys are straining. You guys are trying to strain that out of uh, the, uh, the, you guys are trying to strain that. That's what on Sung Hong said. He said, I follow mother. He could have said, I keep the new covenant. He could have said, oh, I follow. <laughs> what? He did say that. Yeah. He... yeah. Yeah. He said, I follow mother. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's, he directly is speaking about the new covenant in that, in that. Um, he writing is, is he not Kelsey? Yeah, he yeah. Is. Well, I, I, the video, the video is in the link to this description. I have it. It's yeah. the one about An Song Hong's son explaining that yeah. quote. And he and, shows, and you know, I'm the handwritten yeah. notes. The context. He shows the handwritten note and yeah. how it's about the context of Galatians four, and it's in the context of the new covenant. And he's explaining mm -hmm. that Paul is referencing like this new covenant of being saved by faith and not works as being his mother like that's that's the covenant that he follows now he doesn't cut follow the old covenant but he follows the new covenant and it has nothing to do that's with the context. 1984 passover okay that's a separate so, sermon so my question still goes back to the 1984 passover how did he say or how did he establish john gilja as god the mother through that day uh, i'll tell you why so everything and thanks to father mother i, I appreciate you guys asking um wanting to uh you guys having these questions but allow me to clarify revelation 19 verses 7 through 9 let us oh, wait wait, wait wait i'm not asking about like the verse i know the verses i'm that's, talking about yeah that's that's the prophecy being fulfilled at the last passover that's that was the fulfillment of this prophecy the bride has made herself ready the bride has prepared herself. This means she wasn't ready before, but now the bride has been made ready. But on Sung Hong, he explained that the bride in Revelation 19, 7, which we showed earlier, is referring to the saints. So, and it doesn't mention anything about Passover yeah. here. So, are, are you saying then, start? I guess let's just get this clear. Star power, when you look at Revelation... When you see the wife of Christ in Revelation 21 and 22, the tabernacle, mm -hmm. 
do you think that is the saints or is that mother God? Okay. Um, so where's that verse at? Where's that verse? Which one? Revelation? Says, yeah. In Revelation 21, where it says the tabernacle came down. Um, I think it's verse three. Um, I think it's Revelation first, 21, 3, I think. Yeah, where it says like the tabernacle came down. Uh my my version says God's home is now among the people. He will live with them. But I think uh other versions say God's tabernacle. And the reason why I'm pointing this out, you might you guys might think this isn't an answer, but you said, is it a tabernacle or is it uh the saints or God the mother? I'm sorry, can, can you ask one more that's time? That's what on Tell Home said. I'm not saying anything what I think it is. I'm no, yeah. That's what on Tell Home yeah. said it is. I'm just, my question is when you read, when you see Revelation 21, Revelation 19 refer to this bride of Christ, this wife of Christ, that's God the mother. Um, is that God the mother or is that the saints? That's God the mother. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm asking that because that's not, that's, yeah, that's not what Aung Song Hong taught. Like I'm, so at that point I'd have to, if I was a WMSCOG member using my rationale, I would have to say, okay, at this point I have to either believe in the WMSCOG or I have to believe in Aung Song Hong. Yeah. I can't believe both of them. Again, there's, there's a time for everything. And this, I want to make my point clear. This is just how I'm looking at it. And this is how I'm answering it. Um, a missionary or a deacon um, you know, may say something to answer this differently. But the reason why I'm not shaken by, oh, uh, Father wrote this in that book, and um, we believe, yeah. because he discarded the book. He took the books back. Okay, Wait, show me where he discarded it. He released a second Can edition you, yeah. of it. Okay, let's think of it like this, you guys. How did this crazy woman get this idea how did she get this idea where, where could she have drawn this conclusion from where where do you think she you got it consider that have you have you guys considered that how could she have came up with this idea she could have go ahead and on her own she yeah. i mean what no. I, I don't know how she came up she, with it she I, yeah. she she uh looked in father's notes so how father was um time was approaching to reveal the bride mm -hmm. and this where this woman got this idea from so she started proclaiming, i'm the like so women like um yeah women who say oh i'm the bride i'm i'm you know that's the women that's the unchanging group heavenly mother god almighty heavenly mother is on i i'm through the sermons I've heard on Sabbath and you know, on hearing Mother's voice, uh, just like Jesus, He never directly said, "I am God." He just sh He showed us He's God. Do you have I'm any through, through from the bride? I'm, any, I'm sorry. Um, do you yeah. have Do you have any proof that she stole notes from him? Because he he wrote a whole book trashing her. And never once right. mentioned that she stole anything from him. So do you have any proof of that? Uh, she had to have gone. Uh, it's a it's a good question, Kelsey. But here's what I know. The idea of God the mother at that time was not unknown. I mean, he, it, mm -hmm. 
he uh-huh. had to, she had to have gotten an idea from somewhere. And even when you think about this life, I don't, I don't want, we don't need to go too much into this. Okay. But th- so I just want to be careful, but think about women's loss. Think about how women and men uh, are really starting to become more equal. Like women's pay, um, jobs, Title Nine. I don't know if you guys know about like Title Nine. And what does it have to do with Um Suween? Because, because it's amazing how women and men are really starting to become uh, equal and stuff like that. Ever since Mother's been revealed. You think this is a coincidence? That 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 oh, is that is historically huge. That that could be very much more traced back to Jesus and his influence on uh, Mary, Western civilization. Yeah. Um, that's actually a fascinating topic to see Christianity's impact on things like that in the world. No, but no, no, to trace that back to Mother God is just that's yeah so, very inaccurate. Sorry, we kind of jumped on you really quick, but it's okay. I don't think you guys thought about it deeply enough. It's whoever's typing in the comments or you guys like really think about it after this. What is so ironic that ever since Mother's Been Revealed since 1985, that women have I, I looked this up last night because when did I women get the right before. to vote, sir? Huh? When did women get the right to vote? Was uh, that after I can't 1985? I can't. I can't answer the year oh, for I can you. Google. Let's let's let me let me Google it right now. It's a quick answer. Answer the year. When for did women get the right to vote? Okay, but oh, there's that. 1920. That's okay, uh, but... even before Ansan Hong was allegedly baptized. Um. So. Um. So. Okay. So also, I'm. I'm sorry. We're jumping on this, but this. But Ansan Hong, you need to write. This is why you need to read that book because the the words and the things that Ansan Hong has to say about women and problems with the New Jerusalem, the Bride and Women's Veils, it's not pretty. Um, he very much, uh, I don't know what the word is, but disvalues women, puts them very low yeah. and speak, has a lot of bad things to say about women in, in this book. So I would just, Oh no, he's not just talking about women. No, he's talking about women in no. general. Okay. Actually, I know there's a whole, I think there's a whole article about it I, on the examining site. I have, uh, I mean, but, I, can, I think I can find but, it. I mean, he's, yeah, he says. He says in chapter 19, he says, by, he says, in other words, whenever a woman makes assertions in the church, the church will fall under the deception of the devil. There was a time when women in the Corinthian church spoke out on the issue of head covering. This is the reason the church at Corinth gave a warning to women on women to be silent. And then he quotes the verse 1 Corinthians 4, which says women should remain silent in churches. I mean, this this guy did not have a good... A, a good, you know, idea. Yeah, if there's been equality between men and women it, uh, that's come in recent years, it definitely wasn't not, due to Ansong Song Hong's influence or teachings. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, I, I don't agree with what Ansong Song Hong wrote. I agree it's crazy, yeah. but Ansong Song Hong wrote it. Yeah. So, I mean. Um, yeah. Okay, but this is your guys' uh, only... This is all y'all got, though. And then no, we got no, we no. This is like yeah. Audio sermons show me like this. But show me through the Bible. We, we can. So that's why I said at the beginning of kind of going this direction that we could go to Genesis or we could go here, and this is just one kind of part. In my mind, the reason I like to go here first is because 
I don't feel like the conversation should have to, like rationally, even continue after this. Because once you see Aung Song Hong over and over saying the bride of Christ is the saints, the wife of the lamb is the saints, the tabernacle is not a person but a building. Um, and then a quote we didn't even read where he says this tabernacle, um, who you think the tabernacle is mother God, right? Yes. Okay, so he says this tabernacle that comes down to this earth, when it comes down to this earth, it will be 1,000 years after the world has ended. And so, you know, there's just, there's quote after quote. Obviously, Zong Gilja did not come to earth 1,000 years after the world has ended. So, Aung Song Hong's timeline even of when this tabern tabernacle, this Jerusalem would come down to earth, doesn't li line up with... Um, it doesn't line up with the WMSUG's mother God doctrine. And so, so I'm saying that to say, we could talk about the Bible. We could go and talk about Genesis one. I, we go to this first because I feel like this should end the conversation. In my opinion, I think for somebody who values on song Hong's, um, especially for somebody who thinks that that is God, I have a hard time seeing how, yeah, I, I guess it's just what's, I mean, we can move on from that if you want, if, um, but I, I, I guess I would hope that there would be yeah, well, um, this is like something there in response to some of these quotes. This my sorry, response. go ahead. Sorry, no, I cut you off. But this, this, this is my response to that. What, what Heavenly Father wrote. Okay. Um, and uh, where we stand now, and what the Church of God believes, what I believe, and things. just like how um, God told. Noah, um, excuse me, he told, just like how God told Adam and Eve they could only eat vegetables, um, the story doesn't stop there. In the same way, because that would be like you guys saying, oh, uh, we could only eat vegetables now. Like we, um, uh, sorry, okay. my fiance came in. I lost uh, track of my thought, but. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, Adam and Eve can only eat vegetables. That would be like. That's she, she should probably go because uh, I don't want her to know about that book. Thanks for all that. Uh, Wait, you don't want her to know about that book? Yeah, but she's strong though. Why not? She, she, she got good faith. But, but that's so. That, yeah. That's okay, like, so, I mean, that's. So, why, why can't she so, know about a book that she, so she believes is God? Good question. So it's just like Noah being told. Adam and Eve being told you go on your best place. It's like, okay, uh -huh. uh, and stopping there. That's what you guys are doing. You're saying, oh, okay. Uh, Father said, so let me tell you why that's. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I cut you off. I shouldn't have done that. Go ahead. I, if you have more to add to that, go ahead. I just want uh, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but. It's just like Noah being told. Uh, I don't know why I keep thinking Noah, <laughs> Adam and Eve being told vegetables uh -huh. eat that, and then you guys are just uh sticking with that. But obviously, the story went on that got canceled and it switched to meat when Noah came aboard. In the same way, Father wrote something at one time, just like how he told Adam and Eve vegetables at one time, then he revealed. Heavenly Mother, just like how after the flood, Noah was told he could eat vegetables. 
this isn't the best comparison. But I the, no, but I understand I what it, you're saying. But, yeah. I understand, I understand yeah. what you're saying. But the thing is, is like God eventually said, you can eat meat, right? But where did An Sang Hong eventually say right. that there is a God the Mother? In several places. But but where, where? what book? What book? What audio sermon? Where did he say it? Um, so it, it's throughout the Bible. Well, but the, the, the verses that you quote, his commentary is not God the mother. His commentary is the church or his, I mean, or that, you know, New Jerusalem is not a person or it's a new covenant. That's his commentary using those verses. So where did he write down what book or what audio sermon did he leave a record of? That says um, that that there there is a God the Mother, let alone that it's John Gilja. Our biggest proof is the scriptures. But he, but and where did Lord he write says, his commentary saying that this is what the scripture meant? Because he wrote other things. But on where did he quote a verse? Where did he? Sorry, maybe I, I'm going to rephrase my question. Where did he write down a verse like Galatians or Revelation or Genesis? Where did he write that right. down and then follow that and say, this is referring to Heavenly Mother or God the Mother? The preface of the book uh, that you know the title of and I don't. That, uh, that book where you only have yep. a, a sentence and not the context? Um, that's all I really need to see. It's almost like, do you sing? But earlier you just, earlier you emphasized the importance of context. Like, I mean, oh, probably yeah. 30 minutes ago. Oh yeah, oh no doubt, I did. But it's like, um, okay, that's he said that. The one that come after me is a little child. Like, uh, what more? He gives a description. I have the context. Here's your context. A little child. Boom. 1955. Okay, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, Heavenly Mother was a little child physically. That that's two great details right there. I could understand if uh, a mother lot was of people that were little girls in 1955, sir. There's Excuse a lot me? of people. There's a lot of people who were little girls in 1955 in Korea. I mean, you have to see that whole context uh, to understand what he was referring to. Okay, but and, and the the World Mission Society Church of God does not make that context known. Okay, so how but any woman that's undeniable proof that she is God, that there's a God the mother, or that uh, she is God the mother. It's just like putting a puzzle together, but it's it's not even an intermediate puzzle to me. Like, and it wasn't to you for 10 years. You're just saying, okay, little child, right? One puzzle piece. Okay? And you don't even have that book. You don't even have the WMS doesn't even allow members to read that book. It's online. It's like it's not that Where? hard. Where can to I find it online? Oh, the preface to the book. Yeah, the, the original book, preface the, to the, the book. Letters. Yeah. Um, Where? The, the so yeah. okay. Well, no, no. So, where can I find that book online? So, so Star Power. Let me just say this. You're, you're again. So not only is it problematic that you can't answer the question Kelsey just asked, but also <laughs> you're making I'll answer it. Let me but well let me just finish real quick. You're making the point that Aung Song Hong wrote about, you know, this little girl who showed up in what did you say, nineteen fifty five? Somewhere in around that ballpark. Okay. 
But again, Aung Song Hong said that this tabernacle, who you say is that little girl, would not come down to this earth. When she did come down, when the tabernacle came down to this earth, it would be 1,000 years after the world has ended. He says that in this book, yeah. and if you say he took that away later, he changed it. I can pull up an audio sermon where he says the same thing later on. And so he emphasized that point multiple times, that it would be a thousand years after the world has ended that, that this tabernacle would show up on earth. So how could that be Zongil Jaw? And, uh, and also, Raymond makes a really good point in the comments. He, can you pull up his last comment, Jordan? Yep. Because if 1955, Oops. if that book is the evidence, Raymond's comment is, so he revealed the concept of God the Mother in 1955? He gave a that the evidence? He gave a clue. I'm not saying this undeniable, cookie-cutter, clear proof. I you say agree like with me. That. It's not undeniable proof. No, I'm not. I, I didn't say that that's the main outlier. That's the, uh, you know, paints the whole picture. It's it's a clue. Again, it's a puzzle piece. Just like how the Bible. A lot of missing pieces. Right? Going to God. Hmm? A lot of pieces? There's a lot of missing pieces. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe so. I also want to add. I want to add to that quote from Aung Song Hong: "The tabernacle wouldn't come down to this earth until ten thousand years after the world has ended." If you look at actually the order in Revelation twenty-one, where it says, the, the, "John having the vision says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband." Um, Notice that this is after the new heaven and the new earth, and the first heaven and earth had passed away, and the okay. sea was no more. So this new, this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, even in Revelation, takes place after the earth has passed away, and the sea has become no more. So I guess star power, has the earth passed away, has the sea become no more? Has 10,000 years passed, or 1,000 years passed since the world has ended? Is there no more crying? <laughs> Thanks to Father Mother for the uh, great memory. I remember Jordan in the um, back and forth with seasonal. You had said uh -huh. yourself that uh, the Bible and Revel excuse me, Revelation isn't always in order. It's not always chronological order. So you know, yeah, the bride okay, but in the new heaven, new earth, but also in verse nine, the seven bowls of the last plagues were still filled. They weren't poured out yet. And even when we look at Revelation 22, 17, why would the spirit and the bride tell us come to receive eternal life if it's already new heaven and new earth? You get it? But did you miss over verse four? You missed over because verse one, he's quoting he's quoting in, in verse two and three. So verse one is talking about right. first it says new heaven, new earth, first heaven, first earth passed away. He quoted verse two and three, but then verse four it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the right. old order of things has passed away. So that's talking about that time frame. This is this is a fair question, you guys. Um, I've always looked at this and I've always kind of waited for um, potentially finding this outdoor study. Because verse 1, it says, John saw a new heaven and a new earth. But verse 2 says, the new Jerusalem came down out of heaven. So yep. this is one of the, you know, I mean, Kelsey, so like this one of those ones where I just kind of need a little more uh, understanding on. I'll, I'll probably ask about this because it's a yep. new heaven, new earth, but the new Jerusalem's coming 
out of heaven. Like that's what I'm on. So. Yeah, because it says that's there's awesome. a new heaven. Yeah, but she's coming down out of heaven. Yeah. But it's a new heaven, new earth. Which kind of, so, you know, I'll concede on that one because I don't want to misspeak. And for brothers and sisters on here, I just, um, is it past your bedtime, Jordan? Nope, sorry. Somebody sent me a, a message, I think, that's referencing oh, no this conversation. So I'm. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah. So, again, just so to I, th I think yeah. we can. Go yep, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead okay, I was, I was just going to say, I think we could we could go round. This is another area where we could go round and round on Ahn Sung Hong's quotes out of that book. I think we've kind of made, we've kind of probably covered that enough um, and can um, maybe move on. I know we should probably not um, go a ton longer. This has already been two and a half hours, but um, we can do I think there, questions. We can do their comments, oh, questions. But yeah, I, I, go ahead, John. I, I, go, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, I was just gonna say I, we can do. Yeah, if you guys have some questions, go ahead and, and um, share those. I, there's probably been questions that have gone by that we've missed already. So if you if that's the case, go ahead and repost those if you want qu your questions to be answered. And we're gonna give those to Star Power, um, and then any any of those he wants to answer, he can. Of course, if you if you would rather not. Um, oh, we have answer certain ones. The, that's totally the, up to you. The lawsuits, the lawsuits question. Remember? Yes, and yeah, and that was one of my questions. Um, so, if somebody could ask that again, um, so just so I can have the question pulled up on screen, so if people are just joining, they kind of know the context of what's going on. If who was that that asked that earlier, Kelsey? That do you Caroline. remember? I'll be back in thirty seconds. Highlighted. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll back here really quick and see if I can find that. Um, Here's Caroline. Okay. So was the question about lawsuits. Uh, I think I'm getting close. There it is. Okay. Yeah, there we go. That was and that that was actually one of the questions I had written down to ask. So Yeah. Good deal. Uh, somebody also asked about I know earlier about uh, Mother God's children or or maybe i don't know how many of you saw my posts on the community tab today but i just kind of got to thinking about that idea that father Song hong and mother god are you know the the spiritual parents of all of humanity and they come down to this earth and each of them marries one of their own spiritual children i suppose would be would that fit Kelsey, wording it that way, would that line up with WMSCOG doctrine? I mean, when I word it that way, does that does that mis misinterpret WMSCOG doctrine? Can you say or, it again? or is that an accurate? Well, like the heavenly heavenly mother and father, who are the, the the parents, the spiritual parents of all of humanity, they come down to this earth and they, in essence, they marry. Each of them marries. An Sung Hong marries his spiritual daughter. Zong Gilja marries her son, and then Zong ultimately divorces her son. Um, so wording it that way, does that is that in line with WMSUG doctrine, or am I missing something there? I mean, that's that's can be thought of that way, but um... oh, do we got him back? We got you back. I'm back. I I, I, I just, think he's back. I'm just just astonished by that question. 
It's like a what? Why though? And I know that's that's jumping to another question, but what, why does that astonish you? Because I'm just looking at that and seeing that the WMCOG claims that you know mother and father are our spiritual parents. Zongil Jaw had a husband, who according to your doctrine was her son. Zong had a wife, who according to your doctrine was his daughter, and he went to his grave married to her. Zong, of course, was ultimately divorced from her husband or son. <laughs> I mean, whichever way. That's not, that's not, obviously, that's a little bit um, uh, uh, intense of a statement, I know. I'm not trying to just be offensive there, but it just seems like a, it seems like that's the case. I don't really know of any other way to look at it. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. For example, the woman who, uh, brought me into the truth. Um, she calls her husband brother. She's like, it's just spiritually. It's it's just spiritual. That that's um, she calls him brother to me. That's her husband though. It's just spiritual. And the same with my fiance. Like, I'll, if I'm talking to a brother or sister, I'll call her sister. Oh, um, my fiance's name is Jordan. I'll be like, oh, her sister Jordan. Boom. It is spiritually like um. You, you guys are stuck on the physical. People who have problem with this are so stuck on the physical that they can't wrap their heads around the aspect. That's why in Mark chapter 3, uh, 20 and 21, uh, we see how Jesus's family uh, said that Jesus was out of his mind. Because for 30 years, they have seen him grow up, use the bathroom, eat, sleep, live with them. That they, his own family went on to say he's out of his mind. Um, because they were stuck on the physical. They were so, um, they let that put like blinders on. So in the same way we can't when Christ comes a second time. Okay. Well, I, I would say that's, go ahead, Kelsey. I mean, I'll, I'll hold my, I'll hold my comment on that. Cause I, I, I'm really yeah. interested in the comment at hand that's on the, Okay. Yeah. Presented. Yeah. We can, we can let that one lay. Um, okay. uh, so Carolyn asked um, just about suing former members. And I suppose the way that I would frame this question is again, because the topic at hand is mother God. Okay. Why is it that mother God condones her church, her organization suing members taking legal action against people who former members who just tell their stories and share their experiences in this group why would god sue her children who have fallen away because of hurts that her organization have caused them okay so kelsey did you get sued i'm not gonna talk about anything with litigation concerning myself okay Okay. Did Edgar get sued? Did I'm not going to speak about other. I mean, I'm not going to speak about. His we're not. Brother. We're not. We're not. Star Power. We're not talking about the the members who have not been sued. We're talking about the members who have been sued. So I don't. I don't know what what direction uh, you're going there. But, it seems a bit irrelevant. And, and this. Uh, thanks for following me there. And this one. So I back like came on because look, look at Carolyn's question. Did Star Power ever answer why the Church of God? Sue's former members. Does this not seem like it's speaking about every former member? No. 
Does it not? It says two former members. Your former member, Eggers are former. Jeremy is. Uh, the uh, forgive me. The Indian uh, brother was former members. In yeah, a perfect world, I would love for you to come back to Heavenly Mother, Kelsey. I would love Edgar to come back to Heavenly Mother, Jeremy. But it says two former members. That's it, it's like a uh, oh, it's simply the plural. There's there's a there's multiple. Yeah, it's just a question regarding the ones that have been sued. So, what about there's multiple? Is that one yeah. people? Is it is that one person? Is that two no, persons? It's multiple. It's multiple. I've never yes. seen or heard. I've never seen or heard this. The couple, the brothers who fell away during the pandemic. I've never heard anything about lawsuits or so. Who knows? Well, who, that who that star power. I think that just. It's been going on for a while, and it shows that I think you just need to it kind of proves the point of this channel that you're not really looking at the foundation that you're standing on. You're not really looking into the organization that you're believing in because this is, I mean, this isn't just something we're making up. You can go find the documentation about, I'm sure there's public court records even uh, in, in some form that, that, I mean, this isn't just a made up uh, story. There's, these are real people um, who have been legally uh, attacked by you know, ultimately, Mother God, I think, would be a fair way of saying it. And so I think that deserve that deserves a good response about why, if that's the God of the universe, the loving mother of all of humanity, why would she do and, that? And referring to Acts chapter 5, right? Because, I mean, we like to quote Acts chapter 5. It says, you know, actually, I want to pull it up. All right, I'm going to open it up in my Bible. It says... Um, it says verse, Acts chapter 5 verse 38, therefore in the present case I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, you will only find yourselves fighting against God. So, if, if the former members and what they're saying is, is, you, if the church doesn't feel that's accurate, why do they feel the need to sue? Because if if the origin is of human origin, it's going to fail. But yet the WMS, I mean, has been I in litigation with people for quite some time. I could imagine this uh, info came And they've the lost. Example, and they've right? lost, actually, in court, too, okay. against former like at least one former member that I know of. Okay. This, uh, this info came from the examining site, right? I'm sorry? This info came from the examining site, right? Oh, because it's public open records. Cases, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, open there's, are public records. Yeah, so they're they're all they're, they're all public records. I mean, you can you can go and you can read them yourself, but they yeah. are. I mean, there is a good portion available on the examining site, but the there's more information that's available just in public records. Right, but it says church or God. Like, who knows what this had to do with? What if it was a brother? Or a sister suing a uh, a former. We're talking about the church suing the people. The church suing the people. Uh, I can't. Speak these are them. literally these are literally cases about former members who are who speak out and share their experiences and then suffer lawsuits from the and church. It's actually, and it's actually interesting because the the five points that you responded to, mm -hmm. at least one of those points, some there was actually a former member who was sued for saying one of those points. The 
the you invalidated. What was one of those points? The about um, losing family and friends. They were sued. You, you oh. validated it through oh. a verse in the Bible, and then they actually a former member was sued for defamation oh. for mentioning that the church no. does that. So no, okay. Thanks, Father Mother. So that, although I quoted that verse that Jesus said about the sword, look, it is prophecy. It has to be fulfilled. With that being said, um, maybe I shouldn't speak on these things, but I feel compelled to. Whatever our you leaders, feel comfortable to. Whatever you feel comfortable to. I mean, yeah, I mean. So our leaders sometimes even say like, oh, it's, if it's Sunday night or something, go home with your family, like. Go, go hang out with your family. Go, go rest up with your family. Um, you guys, oh my, the things you guys say out here be like so. But I'm, I, you can, you can correct, so you can correct your, correct your response. That's how okay. that response so, sounded like to me that you validated yeah, so, it through so verse. I'll, I'll tell you my experience. Me and my mom and dad are more close than ever. Like my physical parents were more closer than ever. Like, um, and it's not like I'm in the church 24-7. I would love to be. But you guys see, I run my own business. I have a successful growing business. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, but I also do the gospel. The, the, oh, that's meaningless though to me, though. At the end of the day, the gospel is the most important thing. Um, But I still have time to do what I have to do to pay my rent. Um. Right. It's like, how can I give my time if I don't work? How can I uh, preach to family if I don't hang out with family? You guys ever thought about that? Yeah, no, I, 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 I understand that. that. And yeah, that's I totally get that. Weird. I think that's awesome that you spend a lot of time with your family and you, you know, you, you have a business. I think that's pretty, that, that's pretty awesome. Oh, that's um, great. Thanks for but I, I mean, I, um, just from my experience, I personally know people who were instructed not to talk to their family for a certain period of time because their family did not agree with their beliefs. I personally know people. And okay. I can and I'm not and gonna I'm, name the names yeah. of the people, but I, I, I or the people who told them, but I personally know people who were told that, who were instructed that. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure how that really answers the question though oh, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day it just it just seems like again it just kind of deviates from the question being asked and doesn't really okay. i feel like what's happening a lot is there's very specific questions being answered that i don't feel like are really being given a legitimate answer i feel like there's a lot of legitimate answer or questions being asked and so this question is what there's there's no way around it if you want to if you want to debate whether you know the church has sued former members i suppose we could just leave it saying you need to go you need to go understand these things and learn these things more because this is public knowledge you that you can to find to yourself. You don't examining sites to, to, to read that information. You can totally go to the court websites directly. But I feel like we're asking why that is. Why is it, if this is Mother God here on Earth, why would she do that? And I feel, um, yeah, I'm just curious what, I'm still kind of waiting to hear what your answer is to that or what what's your response to that as a member sure. of this group sure. yeah so I, i've never seen that personally with the suing situation and the litigations um and i hope that uh whatever members and former members 
have gotten into that it can be reconciled. Um, but uh, I hope that gets cleared up. Again, I've never seen or heard about this. Uh, I've seen members fall away and nobody hears from them well, again. They're yeah. being sued. Um, so, again, well, I, former I members. I encourage you to check it out. Well. I encourage you to check it out just to see yeah. that, it, that, it's, that it, is, it does happen. You can, I mean, you can side with the church or whatnot. I would just, I just encourage you to, to read each of the the situations, and so you can see for yourself that it, it, the church has sued people. Okay. Okay. I think, um, Jordan. I think Andy O has a really good question. He did it in a super chat. Um, Will Zong, will Zong die or not before the end of the world? Andy, Andy, Andy. Huh. Andy, man. I guess that's a good one, Andy. Like, you think I have some type of authority to say that? I'm, I'm going to just say, <clears throat> God bless you, Andy. Uh, thank you for your question. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. That's how I'm going to answer that because who am I to say? Like, right? You you want me to? I know you're going to consider this a non-answer, but he's either telling me to pick the first part of his question or the second part. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. You can answer however you want. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a fair answer for sure. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have to answer any of these questions, by the way. We're, you know, these are just what people are asking. So we got to give priority to the super chats. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you see any others, Jordan? Uh, so Michelle had one right above that. Um, I know we kind of touched on it, but let me just, yeah. I don't know if you have any of those quotes handy. Um, um, yeah, so please yeah, read what on song hong wrote about women read what he wrote about women and then ask star power how that doesn't contradict the idea of a mother god um so maybe just read a couple of those and then star power will let you respond if if you want to he never said there was no god the mother. he never said that well not about this is i think her question is more about the um more about his demeaning, I guess, uh, misogynistic is the word uh, Michelle used, sort of attitude toward women that you see in that, um, in the book. So I think Kelsey's going to get some quotes as examples. So, um, yeah, I mean, we talked about one earlier, right? Chapter 19, where he said, um, in other words, in other words, whenever a woman makes assertion in the church, the church will fall under the deception of the devil. There was a time when women in the Corinthian church spoke out about the issue, and that's talking about how women should be, um, those Second Corinthians chapter 11, where women should be silent, right? Um, there's also, um, yeah, there's also one, uh, same chapter, he says, there's never a time when the activity of Satan is cut off in the true church. The Apostle Paul has written as follows, the devil will utilize women, not just, and this is my own word, not just a woman, but women, he says, to cause confusion inside the church. Um, da, da, da. Yeah. So I think, oh, there's another one. He says, um, by observing the claims of Amsuin that she is Eve, 
it can be seen that it was stated that a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet, looking ahead to when I'm suing the woman would claim that she is the bride in the new Jerusalem that has come down from heaven by seeing that it was said of Adam and Eve in Genesis that for Adam was born first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was a woman who was deceived and became a sinner. It is clear that it is a prophecy of Amsuin. It is a prophecy that if the claims of Amsuin, the woman, are followed, by the, are followed, the church will come to ruin under the deception of the devil. So he's saying, you know, I mean, obviously right here he's talking about Amsuin, but throughout right. the context of the whole book and in the preface, he's, he's clearly saying that, and not only the preface of the book, sorry, the chapter, this is all from chapter 19, he's saying that, you know, a woman should not, you know, direct a, direct a man, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's what she was referring to, Jordan. Okay. Yeah. So, I look here how Father is really emphasizing that I'm soon ye being the last Eve. So again, my thought process is how could Amsun Yin have gotten this idea of she being the last Eve or the bride being the last Eve? It is only from father's notes. That's where this assumption must have came from and Amsun Yin, so she put out this book really quick. Uh, but you don't have so, any proof of that, right? That, that's that just an assumption though. It's just like doing one plus one to me. Where could That's this idea? One plus one. That's, but that why couldn't have come dad. from? Why couldn't have come from her her brother, or her why father, who said, "Hey, Moonies. make this up, and you'll get power." The Moonies. I mean, there's there's an the infinite man. there's an infinite number of other possibilities. Um, yeah. And so I, it feels like it's just it's your it's your. Um, it's your biases that would lead you to say that's the obvious conclusion. And she, and, and also, I, I think that's very out, clearly your she biases. She was a missionary. Um, Suin was a missionary appointed by Ansan Ho in the church. Just like Judas was a disciple. That's a fair point. That's but that doesn't mean that that still doesn't prove that she stole notes from Ansan Ho. Hey, Ju uh, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Judas kept the Passover and he still betrayed him. So I'm Sun Yin was a missionary. We we just gotta we just gotta call it how we see it, right? So you and think just, that An Sung Hong knew that she was gonna take his notes? He knew two thousand years ago that Judas was going to do that. But did did, did An Sung Hong know that Um Suin was gonna take his notes? God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't know, you know, obviously he's God Almighty. So he knew that was going to happen. So he did know. That, was a, that was a winded answer. But so, yes, so, so, did so are you saying Ansel did, did know? Yes. Okay, Just so like how Jesus that, knew. Okay. Then yeah. why didn't he do a better job of hiding them? Just like how in Matthew 13. Jesus said that he'll speak in parables because so the outsiders um, for the outsiders will speak in parables for the outsiders. But it was prophesied that Jesus would be crucified. Where is the prophecy that An Sang Hong's notes would be stolen? Yeah, I, I ain't never seen that verse. 
Yeah, I've never heard it either, but I mean, that's yeah. the correlation, right? But, you know, uh, who, who knows? But yeah, exactly. There's correlations behind everything. So I'm not saying that's an accurate correlation. I'm just going with the 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 example that you're given that with Jesus's time, because think about it. If An Sang Hong, like if he knew she was going to take the notes, right, and then he had to write a book about like defending, you know, saying there's no God the Mother because he had to squash it because the actual prophecy of her to appear later had to appear later, right? Then why does it make sense that he couldn't hide those notes better? So that he wouldn't even have to write that book, so that the prophecy couldn't be leaked early. So, I, I you know, it's just food for thought. It's food for thought. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Yeah. So ten, ten can six one nine says that um, and. Uh, Correct me, Tin Can. If this I, looks like you had a question that maybe got missed earlier, if this is not the one you wanted to be answered, then you can try to post your actual question you want again. But I just want to pull this up. Uh, the church says that when she dies, there are believers. Uh, the believers will ascend to heaven with her. Um, Kelsey, I'm assuming you know where that's at. I'm, I'm yeah, familiar with the, that quote, the, but I don't know where it's let at. Me, let me let me pull up that that new song. I'll find it real quick. Because I think it's been changed in the, the newest version. You guys see, though, how presumptive these comments and statements can be, though? Tim Can says, the church says. So he, this, when, you say, when you say things like this, it's like, okay, every member knows. Every member will testify to this, that when mother dies in the body, she'll listen to... Okay, Kelsey, go ahead. New song. It's new song book. I got new my song new book. song. I was Who about wrote to turn the new my song camera on and show my new song book, but I ain't turning my camera on. So. No, you don't, you don't have to turn your camera on. I'm just I'm, I'm pointing this out. This okay. is from the Church of God. This is the Church of God official material, right? New song okay. book. Okay, okay, and it says a new song number 205. Well, this is, I have an older version now. I know there's a newer version, and I think this song has either been removed or modified, but. This was Psalm 205 called We Are Going to Heaven. Um, and it says, Our mother sat on her heavenly throne. We were heavenly angels. Long ago, we were so glad in mother's arms. But now where are gone the happy days? 144,000 will gather and go to heaven with our mother. With our mother. So when he's, when this person says, the church says, I mean, it's not that's not a wild accusation. I mean, it's, the church is saying that. I'm in. I'm, I'm going to sit up here and say it as well. But, uh, so you're saying we're going to go to heaven alive with mother? It doesn't say alive. It says we're going to go to heaven together with mother. What does that mean? So, but again, I don't know when the last day is. No, no man, nobody knows when the last day is. But one thing I do know is father's going to bring his judgment on this earth. And I don't know how that's going to um, exactly look, right? <laughs> I know when that day comes, if I'm alive, I'm going to be in Zion. I'm going to do my best to play to Zion. I'll tell you that. And I recommend everyone listening to this to do the same. That's but how, is she gonna bring, how is she going to bring judgment on the earth when An Song Hong taught that she wouldn't show up on earth until a thousand years after the world had ended? See, that book. Right, that I think that's all y'all got. 
that, that's it's, all you it's got. not but but I, you can you think it's all we all got and i think you just don't really <laughs> care about on song hong's writings i mean you obviously don't really value what he said we're simply just pulling out what he said and trying to emphasize that and you seem to devalue the fact well, that it was on song hong who wrote those words and you just don't want to well, deal with those quotes well, uh, yeah. it's just the history behind the book and the purpose of it he's writing about a specific person this is the well, only we can did that um he, he, no he's yeah. i can show you a sermon where he says that as well we can pull up uh if you want to see him say that in another place so Let's let's say the book's not even there. Let's set the book aside. We can still have on see on Song Kong saying that same thing about this uh, tabernacle not showing up on Earth until a thousand years after the world has ended. So, um, yeah, you can't you can't just blame that on the history of the book. It it just because it's the quote's still there in another spot. Yeah. So the and that, that it, it might mean. Uh, I'm not sure if that means actually a thousand years. I know you guys are taking it like that. That's but what he said. In, in, in John 1, in John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14, um, we see it's Jesus who has uh, made his home among us. In verse 14, it says, the word became human and he made his home among us. Okay. But also in Revelation 21, it says in verse 3, God's home is now among his people. Okay, so God's what does that have to do with the thousand years that on some home said. That, that that's what I that's what I want to make a point to say. I don't know what that thousand years exactly could mean. Jesus made his home among his people, and the new Jerusalem, the bride that came down, made her home among her people. I'm just mating the verses. Jesus did this. It did, well, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say she made her home with her people. Yeah. God's home. It didn't. It didn't, it didn't apply that sort of. Yeah. That, that it doesn't. It's not worded that way in Revelation, but we don't. It, it, it's not necessarily need that, to get back into Revelation. Okay, but Adam and Eve, they were considered one. So this is why, but when we see Father and God alone, Lord alone, we. Look at that as fa that's father and mother because Elohim, one Elohim, one God, one Elohim, father and but mother. But then why does why does the church say that there are two gods? There are two gods, Elohim. So there's one God. One Elohim. Is so so? Do you believe in one God or do you believe in two gods? There's God the Father and God the Mother. One Elohim. Adam and Eve are the perfect example of this. Eve was taken from. Adam's rib, but bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That means they're one. Jesus said through the Passover, he remains in us, we remain in him. There's no separation in that. There, there, so, um, some almost uh, believe two guys, well, so it's one. So, so I, just for those later on who are just listening to the podcast, I want to make sure I read this question. So, this is from Steve. Our friend Steve Matthews from the chat asked the question, Steve. some WMSCOG members believe in two gods while others believe in one God with two aspects. What does star power believe? Okay. So 
God said, let us. Two, okay, let us. There, ha That's not one. You got, unless, I'm not going to disrespect anybody. You don't talk to a wall and say, oh, hey, let us. You know, you don't call yourself and say, oh, let us. It's two. Agreed. Let, Agreed. Sure. Okay. There's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, I, I don't think there's a disagreement that there's multiple persons okay. uh, involved. The identity so, of who those persons are is up for debate and has been strongly debated for centuries. But um, go ahead. Right, right, right. So God came in the last days and cleared this up for us. The male image of God was involved when God said that us and the female image was there too. That's why human. So how many images, how many, is there one or two images of God? There's in the image of God. God. So a portrait in the image, in that one image, there's two divine, one God, the father and God, the mother in one portrait, one image, image of God, male, female. God the Father, God the Mother, two persons or two so, gods, two gods. So God is that is that God what? So there's, okay, so two gods. One Elohim. One Elohim. Let, but let two me, gods. Let me make this nice and let me make this concise. Okay. So one Elohim, one God. One Elohim, one God. But gods is plural Elohim, right? Elohim is God's, God the Father and God the Mother. Jesus came as the male image of God. So Heavenly Mother, the New Jerusalem, came down out of heaven as the female image of God. It's only right. It's only right. That's why there's male and female. Kelsey testifies to the female image of God, and me and you, Jordan, we testify to the male image of God. It's not fair. It feels only... Even as a man, I'm saying this. Wouldn't be fair if it was like a. There has to be male and female. There has to be a suitor, a suitable helper. You gotta think about Eve, right? It's like Eve could have been called love. She could have been called grace. She could have been called anything, but she was called life giver. Of all things, life giver, mother of all who live. So. The prophetical Eve has to be a life giver as well. Just like how the prophetical Adam was Christ who gave us after his flesh and blood. Can you remind me which verse? Can you remind me which verse? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you remind me? Sorry, Thanks, sorry, I'm having a delay. Go ahead, Can you remind me which verse in the Bible mentions a spiritual Eve? Um, so 1 Corinthians uh, 15, I believe. So isn't as, that, as far as... the last Adam? That's not, that doesn't mention Eve. So when we think about Eve, okay? So think about... Uh, so look, the, and... You're actually helping out my case, but I don't want it to be a my case, your case thing. I want us to all come to the same truth. So in Romans 5, verse 12, it says, Wait, when are we going Adam to Romans said, or are we going to Corinthians? Uh, let's, yeah, let's go to Romans. Okay, so Romans 5? Yeah, verse 12. Okay. okay. It says, when Adam sinned, who sinned though? Was it Adam or was it Eve? 
We it's both Eve, right? Yeah, but Eve sinned first. But they both sinned. Okay, so they both sinned. But why doesn't it say when Adam and Eve sinned? It says when Adam sinned. So when we see Adam... Yeah, but is it referring to, to just Eve. Adam or is it referring to Adam and Eve, right? It's referring to Adam and Eve. Adam because and Eve, making, exactly. Exactly, but it's making the case because you have to read the rest. And oh. death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. It's making the case that everyone is a sinner. Right. But Adam and Eve, okay. So not just Adam and Eve, it's every everybody, everybody yeah, is a sinner. According to this sinner. Right, right, right. Okay, but when we look at Genesis 5, verse 1, we can see that Adam and Eve are one. Because uh um when God created Adam, he made him them to be like himself. So God, when God created Adam, it says that in the uh, Jordan's ESV version. It, it says in that uh, God created Adam in his image. But male and female was, uh, when, when God created Adam, male and female was in the image. But was Adam a man or a female? Adam was a man. So Adam, when we think Adam, it has to be Eve. But not, not in every case. Wait, say Christ. that again. Adam so, has to be. What was that? So Adam represents Christ and Eve represents Heavenly Mother. Because Genesis 5, oh, I'm starting to get a little parched here. I need some water. But yeah. <laughs> Genesis yeah. 5, right? I'll drink, so, I'll drink water too, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's take, let's take a sip together. Yeah. So when God created Adam, it says yep. he made them to be like himself. So is Adam a them or is he one person? This why I, Adam and Eve. So I'm confused yeah. by the question. But, but you're, yeah. you're assuming likeness means like physical image. Like right. You're, the, you're, you're assuming that. So you're assuming this, that image when it speaks about the image of God that that has to do with a, a human sexual organs. Basically, you could sum it down to like the image of God reference in Genesis basically has to do with whether or not somebody has, you know, female sexual organs or male. That uh, that's ultimately what the image of God boils down to, and I think it's no. not about that at all. I don't need to see. Um... I, I can tell who's a male and who's a female just from looking at them. Just from but again, you're assuming that the when in, in Genesis five one, which I'm I'm thinking that's when you're referring so, to, right? Where it says, "When God created man, He made him in the likeness of God," and then it says, "Man means male and female," right? That's the point. Is that male so, and female are made in the likeness of God? Like we already know that in Genesis one, but we're assuming likeness means physical image. It doesn't say that here. It's not. It doesn't talk about the okay. physicality. Oh, I need to open Bible. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, because Adam is because of Eve. So Adam and Eve coincide with each other. That's why the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 12, when Adam sinned, but it was both Adam and Eve who had sinned. 
But the purpose of that verse is not just to say Adam and Eve were the only sinners. So in Genesis 5, verse 8. No. I need it. I'm going to pull up the verse. Or Bible Hub. Okay, so let me ask you guys a question. I'm sorry? Uh, Go ahead. And then I want to ask you guys a question. Oh, okay. I was just going to say really quick that my main point is it doesn't mention Eve here. It doesn't say the name Eve. It doesn't say there's going to be a last Eve. Um, it doesn't even say in this verse that there's going to be a last Adam. It just says Adam is a pattern of the one to come, right? It's First Corinthians 15 that says, you know, the, the last Adam. But here, it's, I mean, it's not referencing Eve. It does not say the name Eve here. So um, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, so... I'm looking for it at this time. But in the process of that, I want to ask you guys, when the Bible says in Romans 5, 14, and everybody consider this, the Bible says Adam represents Christ. And it says in Galatians 4, 26, that Sarah represents heavenly Jerusalem. So what else could that possibly mean? Represent? We've no already gone it. through the path of Galatians, and we've explained we've what, are, yeah. what what we've we've already established that you didn't really know the the basic context of the book of Galatians. So I feel like that's something that I would encourage you to go away and and learn and and study more on your own before we have more of a conversation about that. Because I don't think we're going to get far with that if if you're coming into that without really knowing what Paul's purpose in writing that book was in the first place. Okay. And in Galatians, he's not talking about Adam or even Galatians. So okay, but there's a representative figure for each. Right. The male represents Christ, rep- represents, and the female represents the heavenly Jerusalem. How is a female representing a city? If you guys are calling that a city, I'm I'm confused. Wait, did you just go from Adam to heavenly Jerusalem? Yeah, so Galatians. Rome, yeah, Romans five fourteen and Galatians four twenty six. It says there's a representative. Adam. Well, now you're just mixing context. You're missing. You're mi- you're mixing up analogies and symbolism, and that's just uh, very. <laughs> messy place dude you can't i mean you can't mix the the analogies going on in galatians 4 and then equate that to the the analogy paul is making in a completely different spot in romans and then assume that they're somehow like paired together or something like that um there's completely different conversations going on there i just don't I, I, i i'm not on board with that i don't think that's that works okay but that's your uh that's your assumption that you're right in the sense of uh, the heavenly Jerusalem being just a city. We say she's God Almighty. Well, that's Aung San Hong's assumption. Say that. We showed you Aung San Hong says it's not a person, it's a building. I know the WMS says that, but Aung San Hong didn't say that and he never said that. Okay, well, you guys tell me what it means. Adam represents which one. Sarah represents heavenly Jerusalem. He's talking about the new covenant. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the... He, he says it. Yeah, I mean, first, you're, again, you're mixing. Like, in, Are you talking about 
Adam in Romans 5? Yeah. Okay, so it says in Romans 5, 14, Adam represents Christ. In Galatians 4, 26, it says Sarah represents heavenly Jerusalem. It's okay. point blank. It's obvious. I think it's so it's so obvious that um, it's clear the the Bible will. Okay, well, there's another place. There's another place where Jesus talks about the fig tree, and you guys think that represents Israel. So I guess in that context, in Israel is uh, another deity, another god, because he's he's using representation again. Like I just like you're just because there's two different spots where there's representation going on or symbolism going on. I just you can't just assume that they that must mean they pair together. I mean, we can deal with those on an individual basis. We can look at, again, we can look at Galatians 4, and Sarah represents the heavenly Jerusalem. Well, what, what does that mean? He, again, he's talking about this contrast between new covenant and old covenant, this contrast between faith and works. And he's saying Sarah is a, is a symbol of a faith-based relationship with God. And Hagar represents a faith-based or, or a workspace relationship with God. So if you want to, if you want to match two different symbols, match Hagar and Sarah like Paul does. But trying to match that Sarah with Adam um, is just you're you're mixing two completely different uh, passages with different um, topics going on. Romans five is about Adam represents humanity um, in their their fallenness and sin in some way. But that's a different conversation than, than okay. Paul's conversation about contrasting faith and works in Galatians 4. Adam represents humanity. You're saying that, but the Bible says Adam represents Christ. Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about Romans 5? Or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure which Adam referenced. I'm talking about what you just said. You said. Okay, well, I'm, I may be misunderstanding which passage you're referencing. I thought you were talking about Romans 5. So what, which Adam passage are you talking about? I was, but we can move on. I, I think we can move on from this one. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Because, yeah, because... Uh, uh, I think we kind of nailed this. I mean, we kind of like... Uh, I don't know the right word. Yeah, we went over I know what you're trying lot. to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Y'all did what? We all did. We all went over Galatians. We uh, beat, beating a beating a dead horse, I suppose, is sure, sure. what we're yeah. doing. Um, There's um so uh, Jay Delao Delao, he's talking about asking Edgar's question, but I'm not sure what Edgar's question is. Do you know Jordan? Huh. Oh, I oh, don't. Wait, wait. Uh, he copied it. He says, "I have a question. Could you please explain First Corinthians fifteen twenty four to twenty eight? the way the WMS explains the Trinity. I don't know what that, I'm not familiar with that one. Whose, whose question is that? Jay DeLeo. He, it's, it was Edgar's question, but he copied Edgar's question. Um, do you see it? It's like maybe four comments above the last one, three comments above the last one. Oh, yeah. Jay DeLeo. Yeah, that one, that one. I'm not sure what this Can you is. Explain first Corinthians 15. 24 to 28 with the way the WMSUG explains the Trinity modalism. So 1 Corinthians 15, 24, 
says, the, Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. After he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, where God has put everything under his feet. Uh, is that and it? Then, oh, now no, when it says no that point. everything has been put under him, this clearly does not include the one who put everything under him. And when all things have been subjected to him, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put all things under him so that God may be all in all. So it sounds like they're separate. I think that's this point. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think it sounds like this this verse sounds like God the Father and Jesus yeah. Christ are separate. So I think his yeah. question is, is how do you, how, how does the WMS's um, understanding of Trinity fit in with this verse? I'm not really sure um, what he's asking. I don't know if it's Edgar's question. If it's, it's Edgar's question. question for me. Well, so I think. Oh, it's a question it's for you. It, it was, it was he. It, it, so Jay Dalau put in a super chat asking if, if you could address, Starfire, if you could address his, uh, Edgar's question. And um, this was Edgar's. I asked him to copy it again because I, I didn't know what Edgar's question was. I missed that. Oh, there's another. Yeah. Okay, and how it explains the Trinity of this. So, so here, here's here's the dilemma I think that this passage would cause uh, star power. It's that you see, um, you see the Father putting you see the Father putting everything under the Son's feet. You see the Son in verse twenty eight, the Son Jesus being made subject to the Father who put all things under him. So how could, if the father and the son are the same person, how can the son become subject, submissive to the father? How can, I mean, he's basically submitting to himself. This, this whole passage becomes a little bit of nonsense. I would, I would think because, um, God is sort of like a schizophrenic or, or something like he's submitting to himself um, and putting, subjecting things under his own feet and then um, submitting to himself in some way. I, I think that's the uh, problem that Edgar sees in this, this verse that he is asking about. Okay. So it seems as though he's coming from a perspective of uh, Jehovah's Witness, I would think, because. No, this is not, I mean, this, like, is a, but, this is not a Jehovah's Witness perspective. No, this no, is just, no. a, and there's tons of Christians that don't think Jesus is God or is God the Father, that they're the same being like the WMS teaches. I mean, most of Christianity yeah. Yeah. does not believe in modalism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, under his authority, um, under God's authority. Mine says in verse 28, when all things are under his authority, the son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything everywhere. I, I just don't see how the son is uh, submitting um Maybe his version says something a little different that. Uh, would you? 
would you see it as an issue? Would you recognize that there would be an issue if this was showing that the son was submitting to the father? Would you agree that that would seem to present a issue with the idea that the father and the son are the same? Um, I wouldn't see it as an issue because Jesus came and set the perfect example of how we submit to our Heavenly Father. So when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he uh, he, he's still God the Father. He, he's God the Father. And next to him is God the Mother. So Wait, this well, is we're not talking about God the Mother. Well, but, but, but my point is, um, well, on this earth, Jesus really submitted. He he showed the submissive and um, the correct way to worship God. So, um, like, for example, okay, Philippians well, 6, I'll just say this last thing. So, Philippians 2, 6, yeah. it says, though he was God, talking about Jesus. Philippians 2, 6 says, though he was God. And then uh, Romans 9, 5 says, um, he is God. But what about, so, what, but we're talking about this verse. We're not talking about other verses. We're talking about this verse. How do right, we right. understand in the context of this verse is what Edgar's asking? So, uh, yeah. And I want to use those two verses because um, we can understand from those two, Jesus is God. Like it says it, it says it point blank, he's God. But when we look at this verse, um, it could be meaning, um, yeah, we, we just have to be careful with. Uh, I think he's just know, asking what, it what, well, what do you think it means? I think he's asking. I'm, I'm saying it like that because my version doesn't um, say it as if Christ is submitting it says he uh, he's putting himself under God's authority. Well, while, while we're on that that topic, I guess that that one, if that one's more vague, I think this one's a little bit more clear. So uh, let's do this, and then I ha there's another question. We'll, we'll I see, move yeah, to, but I, see I just wanted to post this first. So this is another verse that I think kind of presents the same problem as the last one. So Jesus saying, even in your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies about myself and the father who sent me also testifies about me. So Jesus is using this argument that, that, you know, in the Jewish, in the law, there was this, this law that you had to have, you know, two or three witnesses for a testimony to be valid. Jesus is making the case that he has that. He has at least two testimonies, two men, separate men testifying, uh, not men, obviously, in this case, but two separate ones who are testifying himself and the Father, who he says are making up two separate testimonies. This is John uh, so I think this is just which, which, uh, which, this is which John is this? 8, 18. John 8, 17 through 18. Okay. I can do one more question after this, you guys. We'll do this one and one more question. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, John 8, 18. Hmm. I mean, if it, 17 to 18, right? It's uh, 17 and 18, yeah. Oh, and also verse 16. I would say also verse 16 because it says, 
But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. Yeah. So he's standing with the Father, implying that hmm. they're, you know, and then verse 17, in your own lot is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father. So it sounds like they're separate. Yeah. So you don't you don't have to provide an answer for that. I, I just it's just something that I wanted to tag that on with with Edgar's Edgar's verse because it seems to kind of present the same issue, I suppose. So because because the uh, star power. I mean, I I like for me, like I'll be honest, like when you know that's one of the doctrines that that did make sense to me when I was you know I mean a lot of the doctrines made sense to me when I was part of the church, but you know the Trinity that was something that did actually make good sense to me the way the wms explained it modalism and it is actually still hard for me to kind of understand the the concept of how general christians um understand it so i, I just want to i just want to be honest and upfront there yeah. yeah i appreciate that i appreciate that um you know we we see jesus commonly co commonly saying uh he was with god um I am the father one. I came from God, right? He says he's of God, um, things like this. God is omnipresent, omnipotent. And although Jesus says uh, omnipresent, omnipotent, he's in the body. He's in the physical body. So he slept, you know, he ate, but he's omnipresent. He's all knowing. Um, so I think, you know, when it says with, right, I am uh, one witness and my father who sent me is the other. I look at that as Jesus having his physical body, even though he's God, and his spirit, his his omnipotent, omnipresent spirit. But this is what this is well, tough though. It's tough to answer. Yeah, so, I would say if that if that was true, then he was just pulling kind of a deceptive, fast one on him. Like, hey, I'm two witnesses. Like, because really, I mean, really, he's not. Really, he was just kind of fibbing. Uh, because really, he's not. He's one. Um, it's like if I have a puppet on one hand and I'm putting it over here, pretending like it's, it's me. And then I'm really over here, but I'm saying, Hey, like, like I agree. And so does, and so do I, and that's two witnesses. So we pass the test of the law like that. That would be a bit, uh, deceptive, I think. So, um, I, I understand that response, but I don't really know that it works. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, verses in the Bible that testify that Jesus and uh, Jesus is the father. Like there, there's many verses. Um, for example, Jude one, verse five, uh, Jude one, verse five, it says that Jesus was the one who freed the Israelites out of Egypt. We know that was the Lord though. We know it was God, the father Jehovah that did that. But Jude says, Jude one, five says it was Jesus who freed the Israelites out of Egypt. So that, that you know, just many examples in the Bible like that of the Trinity. Um, but I understand uh, where yeah. John 8, 8 the, yeah. This isn't like a huge slam dunk. I mean, this is pretty right. secondary in comparison to, I think, the significance of some of the other things we've talked about tonight and, and relating to Mother God and Aung San Hong's quotes and things like that. But um, because I don't by any means claim to understand what the Bible is always trying to get at when it, it talks about, you know, the relationship between the son and, and the father and the Holy spirit and all that. It's, yeah. 
not the clearest doctrine in the Bible. So, okay, you said you had one more question you can answer. I have, so I, have, I would like the last question if that's okay. Yep, you get it. I did a super chat. You've earned so. it. <laughs> you have earned it. Thank you. Okay. I think that's an easy question. Okay, so outside of the WMS, what do you like to do for fun, Star Power? What, do you, what are your hobbies? Oh, so... Outside of the WMS, uh, I know you're going to say preteen. I want to know non-WMS related. Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. So um, this may reveal kind of where I'm at, <laughs> like uh, geographical wise. But me and my dad, we have season tickets to uh, the Raider games. Uh, and um, I had season oh. tickets. You said what? Oh, Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. the Raiders. Yeah. Yep, yep. Not the Seahawks. I, I'm like, That's what, you know what? I, I can give you that because Seahawks, ever since Legion of Boom left, man, we're yeah. nothing. We're nothing. Hey, y'all traded uh, Russell Wilson. I know. Too. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. But I season tickets to the Raiders uh, for 20 years. Um, hey, was my you're dad. a lifelong, you're a lifelong fan. Yeah, Chill. and uh, season tickets to the Kings too. So, in other words, Sacramento Kings. So, in other words, I've seen a lot of losing, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so, when I found father and mother, that was uh, definitely the biggest joy and win I've received in my 29 years. Nice. So you're a what sports about you, guy. What about you guys? Um, me? Oh my goodness! I got now. I got a lot of different hobbies. Right now, I would say oh. my biggest obsession is reading. I, you know, and I usually like nonfiction books, but lately, let me tell you, it has been fiction, and it has been. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but I've been reading straight book talk TikTok, and <laughs> I hit the Colleen Hoover train. I know you guys probably don't know who they are. Guys, oh my goodness, that's that's my, been my bad at work. I've read like I think I've in the last maybe month and a half, I've read like seven or eight books, and I never read. Wow, <laughs> I wish I read more. I I have a whole stack of books next to my bed that I've like read a chapter or two, and then I just stop. So it takes like a really interesting book to get me to keep going. Unfortunately, yeah. I I hope when I get older that changes but <laughs> same. Same, well same. i will say you know just to kind of end it off you know star power people are giving you 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 cred in the in the chat all throughout they're saying you know thanks for thanks for doing this and yeah and for sure i can tell you right now you defend the church way better than i would have done when i was a member i can Think tell so. you that you did a really well, good job you a hey, you guys are like who I was in my heels. I'm over here like I was I was on mute a lot and while you guys were like coming up with your questions, I'm over here flipping back and forth like oh I gotta yo look at oh, look at look at my Bible, you guys. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh wow that was your Bible that was your Bible or your notes? Yeah no no this is okay this is my Bible you guys like I don't know if you can oh. see it here we go it's like wow. i mean it's real torn you know why because uh in 
I, you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest, right? It rains a lot. So whenever we go preaching, um, like we would be preaching in the rain and you think yeah. like, oh, why don't, why didn't she have an umbrella? It doesn't matter. Rain gets through the umbrella. Like look at, cause you know, Revelation twenty two seventeen. look at this. Oh yeah. Most, the, this and, and Genesis one twenty six are the most rained on pages. So. <laughs> I've been around the block. <laughs> You've been around the block. Yep, yeah. you got some living water on those pages. You know what? You know what? I don't know if yeah. you, I don't, Star Power, I don't know if anybody in yours, I understand this, but I kid you not, in Seattle and in uh, Portland, or actually I saw this more in Seattle, people were buying waterproof Bibles to go for preaching. Wow. They're, that exists. Waterproof Bibles, they exist. Is that a type of uh, paper or is that goat skin? I don't, That's I don't know what. Yeah, it's some kind of like if I mean I felt it and they're heavy, like don't even they're heavy. But like it's some kind of like I think it's some kind of like film on the paper that you know is water repellent. Okay. Like I've seen it, but um but yeah, I mean I obviously didn't carry one around, but I, I, I knew a couple people who did. Cause it I mean you'd just be outside preaching and just the rain you'd have the umbrella, but the rain would come right. like you know, the trajectory of the rain would go underneath and oh, wow. we'd just be taking breaks, going to the bathroom and putting our Bible under the, the heater to, so no we can put the pages. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, wow, that's uh, legendary. That's um, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the members in Portland and Seattle have Bibles that are messed up on Genesis and, and Revelation and Galatians and Galatians, the four okay. main, four main verses. So I would always see people from Los Angeles and be like, wow, their Bibles are so nice. Like, (laughs) That's amazing, Kelsey. Wow. Well, yes. Shout out to Star Power. Yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of, uh, you got the compliments pouring in, but yeah. um, Yeah. I definitely appreciate you coming on and taking all this time. And I I just hope that other members that listen will see, I just think this is a great example of how these conversations can go and should go. Um, And so there's a lot of, you know, star power is one of the people who comments on our videos a lot uh, over the past year. And there's a lot of members that do that. And I'll almost with every member who comments regularly, I'll say, Hey, have a conversation either on a video or just in private. And, you know, obviously 99% of the time they, they refuse that and star powers one who didn't, and he, he wanted to do that and he, um, followed through with it, not only one time, but twice. And so, um, I think that's just a great example of how I hope more members will be in the future because we do want to have more of these conversations. And, um, I think it's a great way to just let both sides be, um, shared at the same time. Um, people can hear both sides. Star Power, you were, I think, surprisingly respectful and gracious, as, as Steve said, I think, in the way you, you handled yourself. And um, so, yeah, I think it was a great conversation, great two-part conversation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Somebody also, had, somebody, somebody just said... I don't know if they meant to do this on purpose, but someone in the comments wrote, great job, Starlight Studios. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-uh. Starlight. Oh, you know there's what? a... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to delete yeah. that. Like You're gonna have to. Hey, it ain't like that, that fast, too. man. I'm finding out a little bit, but it ain't like that. Whoever it's like a. <laughs> when they you, keep you the don't want, when Jordan keeps the Passover, yeah, you know, they start like, <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. You don't want to like join forces or anything and do a joint YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I don't another know day. Yet. <laughs> uh, well, Dario Cuesta said he he would love to see a part two. So this is this is actually the part two. You actually did just see the part two. So part one we did uh, last week, and so you can see part one is up, and that and that one we focus more on on Song Hong. So. Yeah, this was a two-part conversation, about seven to eight hours total, I'd say, when you yeah. add it all up. So, um, a lot of stuff covered. Um, so, yeah, we could uh, we could do this again. I don't know if we if we think of something another topic. Um, I would love to have star power if you ever find somebody who'd be willing to come on with you. That would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, I would just. Hope, or hope if, you wanna, we, if you want to take some of the stuff that we've said um, uh -huh. to the church and, you know, like, you know, have asked them questions and, you know, you, you, you know, you guys have, you know, explanations for stuff and you want to, you know, say that part, you know, so others can hear, like, you know, by all means. Yeah, there's, there's some requests for a part three, so I think I'd, I'd be up for that, but. Star Power, I do think you've given more than enough of your time, so I totally you understand a, if you You got a busy weekend coming up, so um, Oh yeah. But yeah, if if you ever want to come back on and, and talk about anything that we've talked about in here or something new, just yeah, let us know. Right, yeah. Let's uh yeah, Miss Michelle. Yeah, let's definitely figure out a part three. We'll have to figure out the topics because father and mother, you know, that's the that's the core, that's the central. Um, Maybe we could do Sabbath Day or Passover in detail. Yeah, or Trinity, or um, that's a good one. Specific verses, um, or the and, feast. or what? Or the feast? Yeah, the feast. Yeah, so um, that's all core um, teaching. So uh, we touched on them. Yep. We'd probably get Edgar on next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Steve, he's very knowledgeable. You know, he uh, he's had a lot of he's read a lot of books, um, done a lot of um, coverage on uh, the Hebrew language. So, you know, it's it's not like when I watch you video, you guys' videos, saw um, bad. Obviously, I don't agree with the uh, message, but um, I do learn some things that make me consider. Okay, you know what can make me more sure-footed uh you know I, I do learn some things so um you guys have really challenged me to want to study more Most yeah and, and you, you you challenge like let me tell you like i i mean i like i got like six i mean since small notebook but like 16 pages of notes prepared to talk like i mean you you put me to do my research too sir so oh yeah that's true i got my notepad that's too true. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, okay, I'm about to. I'll be, hey, those comments, you guys. I, hey, I'll be spending like 20 minutes sometimes, like, uh, oh, just yeah. size on those comments. Ooh. This is this is a hard position for I you, man. You, a I, book. you I, write I, me a book, I know how it goes. It, it's not a quick turnaround to respond, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. but thank you. All right, man, yeah, yeah. well, thank you again. Um, yeah, we definitely do. And uh, we appreciate everybody who's stuck around this long. You guys are troopers. 
and you know, and then the you, got, I know you got the, the Passover and Eleven Bread and, and, right. and Resurrection Day ahead of you. And, you know, I, even though I don't, you know, agree with the church, I still, you know, I wish you the best this weekend. And, you know. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, yeah, like I said, at the end of the last one, you guys have, I can tell you guys have good hearted intentions and um, I pray God um, uh, blesses you guys um, as you continue uh, in your walks, however way that you guys need. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. That. Okay, you guys, I'm going to go. I don't know if you want to yeah. say any last words to your audience, but I'm going to go right now, you guys. You guys take care. Sounds great. Take care. Thank you. We'll do a part again. All right. God bless you. Take care. All right, guys. There we go. It would be nice. Carolyn says it would be nice to see a pastor or a missionary come on. That would be great. Invites always welcome. But, yep. If you're watching and you're one of those, one of those two, if you're a leader of any kind, you could be the next lucky winner to sit in the star power hot seat. That would be fun, though. Um, yeah. For sure. But, yeah, we'll see if that ever happens. I hope it does. Me too. It is interesting that it's only the members, you know, the common members who are coming across these videos who are actually willing, you know, the few of them, obviously, it's, it's few of them. But why is it that more leaders aren't willing to come on and defend, try to defend their beliefs like these members are doing? Seems like they'd yeah. jump at the opportunity. All right. Well, I feel like there was a lot of questions asked there. Um, a lot of, I mean, I guess my, my overall takeaway, I'm not like, I, I would say this if he was still here. I think I did say it. I feel like there was a lot of questions asked over the course of these two conversations in this part and part one, a lot of very pointed questions asked. I feel like there were very few um, legitimate and compelling answers given, I suppose, is would be one way of saying it. Um, it, is there is there something you feel like we we asked? Were there was there a moment, Kelsey, where you feel like we asked something and there was a response or answer given that felt like it had maybe some weight to it, or do you feel like most of the time it was either? Um, I just felt like some of the answers were just kind of like deviating and kind of dancing around the question, or um, you know. Uh, just not really giving something that I feel like if, if this group has something to really offer in terms of being the truth, you would think it would have more to say than what was offered. So I, I guess just what was your take on, on that and how, how some of those moments went down? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from the other side now. And so for me, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in what Hansa Hall actually said now. Um, and it's it's to me i mean it's it's pretty clear like you said earlier like you know it's if you want to believe in unsung home you can't believe in the wms doctrine because they're they're contradictory to each other and so um 
I feel like, you know, he, he, he did his best to, to stand up and defend his doctrine. But I think I'm, you know, just looking at all the, the evidence that, that shows we're just on song home saying there is no, there is no, or Jerusalem is not, yeah. Jerusalem is a place, not a person that, um, you know, it's not just referring to Umsuin, but it's like women like Umsuin who interpret the book, the book of revelation, the way they do. And looking at the very same verses the WMS uses that I'm suing used, right? And seeing Ansang mm-hmm. own interpretation, I mean, that's just, I mean, you can't argue with that. And so, um, so yeah, I, 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 I still think, you know, if I'm expected to give up my entire life and exactly. put my salvation on the line for something that has no tangible proof, I feel like that is not you need more than that to offer yeah yeah Yeah, you need need evidence right and so like i think the the what the wms doesn't understand is the concept of burden of proof i mean Mm -hmm. if you make a claim you have to and somebody asks you okay where's the proof you have to be able to provide the proof it's not like i'm gonna believe something until it's it's proven not right like i i mean there's this there's this book, and I and I think some people in the the I might lose some people in the comments, but there's this book, and I I, I got a purpose behind it. It's called Why There Is No God. Now, before anybody is like, what in the world is that book doing in Kelsey's hands? Let me explain. Don't don't even worry about it. This book is written. This book is written by um someone named um Armin Navabi, and he was he's actually um he was never Christian. He was uh he grew up Muslim. And um, he's atheist now, obviously, by the title. And uh, he makes a real, I mean, the, the book he wrote, I really encourage people to read it, whether, you know, they're, they're atheist or they're Christian, because he makes really good points. And one of which is about burden of proof. And he says that, you know, you don't, he, I, I, this isn't the example he used, but this is similar to what he used. You know, you don't believe in, in unicorns up until the point that somebody proves that unicorns don't exist, right? Yeah. You, if somebody says unicorns exist, what's your next question? Okay, show me proof that they exist, right? It's the same way. Where you can think of it the same way with, like, you know, um, God the Mother, right? You know, you don't just believe in God the Mother until somebody proves that she doesn't exist. You know, you, you if somebody says God the Mother exists, your next question should be, okay, show me proof. Why do you right. believe that? And then and then they ha- they show it to you, and then you have the right to ask questions about that and i and you know just based on my experience being in and out of the wms it's um you know they're they're very combative with questions that you ask they'll 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 put the blame back on you like why are you focusing on the physical when you ask why why, they'll gaslight you if you ask hard questions yes you will gaslight saying like oh we never taught that when they actually did or they'll say like like if I ask like where is the proof that Ansan Hong was baptized in nineteen forty eight, what happens is is why you focus on the physical? Well, you made the claim. You said yeah. he was baptized in nineteen forty eight. I'm not gonna yeah. believe it till it's proven false, right? Yeah. You made the claim, you have to provide me evidence, and then I then have the right to ask for or ask questions based on that evidence or yeah. lack of evidence. And I think right. like that's like there'd be a lot more um they'd have a lot more of a uh, a case or they'd have a lot more retention if they they welcome questions and criticism mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it had a better 
you know, way of handling those questions when they came a bet, better answers. I just think, yeah, I just feel like there was a lot of moments where, you know, when, we, I mean, with the book, I don't, I don't feel like, and again, this isn't just talking behind his back again. I, I think we are communicating this in star power. If you're listening now, I mean, I, I just feel like it's still the case that, you know, we bring up like the on song Hong's book problems with the new Jerusalem, Brian Williams veils. I don't, like thinking back over that whole conversation, I don't know what what was the response to that other than it was for, you know, the the example, I guess, of, well, at one point God commanded Adam and Eve to eat plants or something like that. And then later on, he um, changed it to where they could eat animals and, and, and things like that. But going back to exactly what you just said, the, the, the difference between that response... Um, and, or what what happened there and what is going on with Aung Sung Hong's book is that you see in the Bible, I could go and point you to where God changed the directions, if you will, or, or changed what people were supposed to eat. And what we we're asking of star power tonight was show us where Aung Sung Hong changed. You know, he would claim mm-hmm. that this book was taken away, that he, Aung Sung Hong withdrew it. And we would say, okay, well, Prove. I mean, you're making that statement. Where, where's your evidence? Back it up. But you can't just say things like that. And and, and I could just as easily say Aung Song Hong didn't withdraw it. Like, um, and so you gotta right. you gotta have if you if you're gonna claim to be the one true church with with the um, with the monopoly on truth. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you've gotta you gotta bring something more to the the table than that. And when people come with like we are, I think, with legitimate, honest questions that deserve answers. Um, yeah, I feel like they that the answers that those sort of questions deserve wasn't really provided. And um, I understand that he hadn't, it seems like, hadn't necessarily, it wasn't too familiar, it seems like. He, he said at the beginning that he had read the book. Um, and then as the conversation went more along I think he said things about how he didn't really know the context and would need to look mm-hmm. more into it and so it, it it's um yeah I don't know either way it's just surprising that um I guess not surprising but it just goes to show I think part of the the information control that was sort of the information control aspect of this group sort of was on display tonight with not only with that book and his little knowledge of it, obviously having very little um, information having been given to him about that book in the past, but also when we brought up stuff about the lawsuits and the the court cases. And um, it sounded like he didn't know um, anything about those sort of things. And so it's just sort of the aspect of what you, I guess what you don't know won't hurt you sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think, People owe it to themselves if they're in this group. If they're giving, if you're giving your life away to something like this, you owe it to yourself to really know what's at the bottom of it. Um, and, and I hope this conversation led him to want to dig into yeah. some of those things more and really dig into some of those points that we brought up. Yeah, because that book, I mean, it's it's. I mean, even if you don't want to go to the go to the examining site to to go and see it. I mean, you can go to the NCPCOG site. You can go to the 
um, what is it, the Church of God Jesus Witnesses site, and you can get the same copy. Yep. You can get it in Korean, and then you can pay to get it translated yourself just to make sure what's what's theirs there. I mean, um, there's there's lots of options. And that's not, really, that's not the only book that he wrote that the WMS doesn't have. He wrote, like, 20, almost 30 books. The, and, and the WMS has, like, what, five of them? Five, six of them? Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, they don't. The church allowed the his his book to the church of Laodicea. They don't have that one. Um, Law of Moses, Law of Christ wasn't even a book written by An Sang Hong. That's that's a compilation of a couple of books. So he actually never even wrote a book called Law of Moses, Law of Christ. I mean, it's just there's 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 a lot of information out there into like current members that are that are watching this. Um, and and Star Power, if you're still on, I really encourage you guys to like, you know take a look at these don't be afraid of these books you you believe on something yeah. that's odd like don't be afraid of yeah. his own words um just you know and don't undervalue it don't 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 just pass it off as some insignificant thing because it's you know like are you really stopping to think about the fact that this is if if he is god this is god's book a book that he wrote like why would you yeah. not want to know every detail of what he wrote down sorry yeah. i cut you off there but Oh, no, no, I was done. I was done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I just, I feel like it kind of, as it always comes back to, I think, in many cases, like, if just one or two of these, like, central things that we focused in on in this conversation and the last one, um, you know, some of these questions that I think we very pointedly asked that didn't really ever get a good answer. Um, I mean, we could talk about the Passover in the book of Acts question, I think the quote from Ong Sung Hong in the green book about salvation only in Jesus's name. Um, and then the, the variety of questions we asked tonight, I just feel like there's multiple points where, where we're kind of putting something forward and saying, Hey, look, this on the surface, at the very least on the surface seems to present a huge problem for the WMSCOG. Um, and I feel like even just one or two of those things, stand true and and truly don't have a good response as so far i don't think we've gotten one i mean that's hugely problematic for the wmscog i mean it really is sort of a house of cards situation yeah um and so yeah so yeah like you were saying kelsey for members watching oh i think i just dropped you for a minute for members watching quick power cycle (laughs) okay for members watching, if you're still hanging around on here, I do just I, I hope you're thinking about these things. I hope you're taking some of this to heart. I hope you'll hear this and then go away and look into it yourself. I suppose that's all I'm saying. And then ask ask your leaders about it and recognize and see the responses or the lack of meaningful, good, valid responses that they're able to give. Um, you know, like like the the question about Mother God having children marrying her children I, I i feel like the response that we got from that was sort of i don't know if gaslighting is the right word but it almost like um he wanted to make us feel bad for asking that like guys come on come on like you're just focusing on the f- physical sort of deal it's like that we're not the ones with the the problem here i mean you're the one with a god who's supposedly yeah. god of the universe who married her son like answer the question uh don't don't twist the question to make it seem like I'm doing something wrong for asking it in the first place. And I feel like cult groups are very good at doing that. 
yeah, like Michelle is saying, you get in trouble for asking questions or you're, you're made to feel, um, you're made to feel inferior or, or, uh, stupid or unspiritual or, or disrespectful or something. If you do ask the wrong questions, if you ask questions that are hard and actually touch on nerves, you're, you're made to feel like they attempt to make you feel like you're doing something wrong for asking the question in the first place. as sort of a deviation from answering the question. And, and I do feel like some of that was happening at certain points. No, well, I don't think he was doing it intentionally, by the way, either. I, I just think it, it's easy to fall into that, though. Um, yeah. No, I like and, and for me, when I was a member, like my issue wasn't necessarily that Unsung Home had children or that John Gilgal got divorced. Like, I know the Bible says, you know, no to Jesus and no to divorce, right? Like, that wasn't my problem. My problem was, like, I was told specifically that he didn't have children, she didn't have children, that he did everything alone, that, um, what was the other one? That, like, yeah, so, like, I was told those, those specific things. And then I found out later they were, they were lies. And the church they might say now like oh we've always told people that like no like you can see it reflected in the new song book like you know he did everything alone for 37 years you can see that in father's grace sacrifice video they show members right that he's doing everything alone that he only preached with john gil john and kim Ju told that she would go and pick peppers in the field like he go preach to poor farmers like you saw this stuff but then when you see actually like his life and like pictures of his life and you know, you, you see testimonies from people who are actually right. spending with them. It's, it's very, very different. And my problem wasn't that he had a life or that she had a life or that maybe her marriage dissolved. My problem is, is why did you lie about it in the first place? Yeah. And why'd you have to spin it in such, in, in a way that just doesn't line up with yeah. reality? And like Unsung Home's parents being Buddhist, right? Because they, they used to teach that with the subject of Melchizedek that his parents were Buddhist, so that he was without father and mother. Like, I was told that. I was taught how to preach that subject like that. And then all of a sudden, I was told, oh, Church of God never taught that. And I was like, wait. In my head, I'm like, yeah, you did. And not only did you do that, but it was on the, the site. And and not only that, but then they changed it to, oh, we don't know what religion he was. they were, but they weren't. They didn't believe, you know, they, they were unbelievers, right? And then it's like, well, why did the Buddhist thing fit your case still? It still fits your prophecy. Like, I don't understand why you had to change it. You know, those kind of things. Yep. Cult characteristic, the doctrine is perfect, and you are the problem if you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. If you're asking hard questions that they don't know how to answer, then there's something wrong with you. There's something, you know, a lot of times it will come down to your sin or your, your lack of faith. Or something like that. Um, yeah. and, 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 and and somebody just brought up something. I, I didn't read the comment fully. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is a good comment. Um, that I know that... The, the, so the, this last comment from 10can619, because mm -hmm. I know Sarah was bringing it up the last video about the Council of Nicaea, saying the Church of God believes the Council of Nicaea completely banished the Passover, which shows they don't know much about Christianity's history. That's... Hey, for any member watching it, I highly encourage you look up about the Council of Nicaea, Edict of Milan, the Nicene Creed. Passover was not abolished in 25 AD. 
it was not. Even before the Council of Nicaea, Passover, like you had some churches keeping the Passover according to the Jewish calendar. You had some churches keeping the Passover after the Roman equinox. And there were so many disagreements within the churches that, you know, and, and, and a lot of persecution among Christians that, you know, in 313 AD, Edict Milan comes out, you know, basically legalizes Christianity. And then you got 325 where they're Constantine's like, okay, we're going to make kind of like a, a mainstream kind of Christianity, a mainstream doctrine. And so they, they pass over, pass over and Easter. They weren't even like the, that wasn't even the sole topic of council of Nicaea. There was a bunch of other topics. And so um, it wasn't that after that event, after the Nicene Creed was created, that people weren't allowed to keep Passover. Or they were killed for keeping Passover. That that's not that's that's historically inaccurate. So for any member watching, I, I highly encourage you to go and check out that history. Check out the any any history you learned about in the WMS. Like go and check it out. Fact check it. I mean, you know, you yeah, you'll, you'll see that a lot of it's inaccurate. Ostrogoths not destroyed in five thirty. I mean, you just just check it all out. Definitely. Um, but it looks it looks like whatever we're doing, we're doing something wrong, Kelsey, because we just sent Heather into the <laughs> STJ. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me tell you, okay? Because you interviewed, you interviewed uh, Chris, uh, a former um, Shincheonji member. And, uh-huh. okay, I've had, you know, a couple conversations with Chris. You know, we, we, he, he's, he's in the same area as I am, right? And let me tell you, if the WMS hadn't hit me up first, I would have been an SCJ member. They're, they have their doctrines down. I mean, they got like every verse in the whole book of Revelation. They got like some prophecy out of. Like, um, there's, a, there's a subreddit um, on, I'm not very familiar with Reddit, but there's a subreddit um, for ex-SCJ members. And I think um, if you see Chris's video, I think it mentions the link to that. But mm-hmm. um, I had like a conversation with someone you know going over just the revelation five because w it's so funny because the wms says that's root of david scj has a whole nother explanation and like both like have so many verses but scj they took it to a whole new level with they got even more verses to explain their stuff so if you think wms is convincing you ain't seen nothing until you've seen scj so yeah but they're well, very very similar and the WMSUG doesn't, at least as far as I know, doesn't go as far as to like get a bunch of fake new members in the room with you, you, you and your first, yeah, that's you know, months well, of Bible studying. Pretend that I they're they're new, that. just like you. That's not to the same extent as SCJ, where they pretend yeah. to be new members. But I can tell you from my experience, when I was a college student, we had a college Bible study group. Right, we would invite somebody to come and listen to a Bible study. Everybody in the room would be members except that person, and they, you know, wouldn't know everybody in there. And so it would look like, oh, it's a big group Bible study when it was really intended for one person, and that okay. one person did not yeah. know that. So, but it's not it's so desperate. It's uh, so desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <sighs> so. All right. Well. Four hours. Yep. Still, we haven't beat our five-hour mark, though. Was it five hours? Before, yeah. Man, I don't yeah. know how my back took that. I don't. I don't we were younger. I, than I was. 
Yeah, I was younger back then. <laughs> I just turned 33, so. Yep. Um, okay. All so right. Well, I, I suppose we should close this down. There's I think we're good. There's a lot of people good. on the East Coast that I know it's, it's very it's late. It's earlier. Oh, yeah, the East Coast, it's it's yeah. it's earlier for you guys on the West Coast, I guess. Yeah. East Coast people, yeah, if you're still here. MVPs. I don't know. You should be, you should be in bed. That's where I'm going. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Thanks, everybody. Kelsey. And, yeah, thank you all for being here. Thanks for the super chats. Thanks for all those of you supporting the channel. Um. Yeah, this was a fun conversation. So hopefully, and, we and can Sarah, your do new another subscriber. one soon. Do what now? And Sarah, your new subscriber. Oh, the new member, you mean? Yeah. Sarah, that was Sarah. Was that the name? Yeah, the, at the very, very beginning. Yeah, that's right. Yes, thank you. Before we were live, yeah. Very much. I don't know if she's still around, but but thank you. And if she's not, there's probably no way she's going to be here four hours into this video hearing this thank you. But it's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear it later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. You all have a good night. We'll see you in the next one. Okay. Bye.